Hey there, uh, my name is Nabil Sharif and you're listening to Filmatic. Today I'm joined by one, two, three, four, five people, five colleagues, five peers of cinema, as I may say. Uh, first up, we have Manny Ray. Hi, how are you? Doing well, Manny. It's good to hear from you. I'm glad you came back for you another too. episode. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, I'm always glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What did you, just real quick, what were your, what were your thoughts on the last episode? Do you think it came out okay? I feel like it was a definitely well composed, uh, tight little project you had there. So I'm looking forward to something else like this today. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on quickly, uh, Nick Gonzalez joins us. Uh, what's up? How's it going? It's going pretty well. I'm, I'm glad we were able to situate your microphone situation. Uh, yeah, I apologize about that. Good. It's, it's okay. You know, we're going to make it work. Uh, ben Casey, okay. birthday boy Ben Casey is here. Woohoo! How you feeling, Ben? I'm feeling great, Nabil. How does it feel to be 19? It feels pretty good. Um, not that different from 18, but, you know, I'm living life. It's another year. I'm enjoying myself. Okay, okay. And we've been waiting for this one for a while. He's finally here. All the way from the land down under, it's Justin Fischler. <laughs> hey, how's it going to be all? Everybody else in the call, I have been waiting for this for a very long time, and I'm very excited to get into it. Yes, sir. It's good to hear from you. Uh, I, I'm going to apologize... I'm gonna apologize in advance for for your microphone quality, but it's, it's it okay. Bad? No, I mean I'm sure it's okay. I'm just just in case it comes out weird, you know, given uh, your internet fine. connection. It's, it's whatever. It's fine. Yeah, shut up. I'm talking. Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god. Oh yes, Darian Nigro is here. Darian Nigro. Hello, Nabil. I appreciate you giving me a position on the podcast. Of course, of course. Uh, you a know, platform, if you, will, if you will, if you will. Yes, um, we're gonna get to that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. Well, guys, this is it. This is it. We're we're doing the uh, filmatic podcast. This is the most people we've ever had on one episode. So historical. This whole pandemic situation. You know, we're here to provide content for the peoples, and mm. we're gonna do it. Our newcomers. Last time when we had our first quarantine freestyle, we talked about some of our favorite movies of. Uh, 2019 and of course. <clears throat> i figured you know good way to just just start kick it off is just talk about a movie you you saw in 2019 that you really liked and uh you could just go from there um how about darian what's a what's a movie you saw in 2019 that you like uh 2019 i didn't see a lot of new releases uh in all honesty um didn't Fair go enough. to the theater too much except for you know a few you know so, some marvel movies because you know you got to go out and see those sometimes but nothing too uh too big on that front not something i would call my favorite movie um right you know i did see, obviously i watched a lot of movies they just didn't come out in 2019 but uh okay you know did a couple rewatches um baby driver and la la land hadn't seen for a year or two great rewatches okay. always um sorry to bother you i've seen that one about six times now so <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that, Nabil? I have seen that. It's it's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty solid movie. It's pretty solid. It's pretty it's pretty wacky. You know, it's not what you expect going in. It's one yeah, of those it's movies. always fun. It's always fun. It's always fun to go into a movie, especially when the marketing portrays it one way, and then for it to turn so uh, so masterfully. You know? Yeah, it's really interesting. I never even saw um, a trailer or an advertisement for the movie. I was kind of drug out there by Evan because we had oh, Movie yeah. Pass at the time. God, rip yeah, Movie Pass. I miss Movie Pass. Tribute to movie. movie Pass, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just had no idea what to expect. But there is such an insane amount of just really interesting, like stylistic choices in my opinion, mm -hmm. that make it interesting to you know not watch just necessarily for the the story. Which is also great, but right. 
just just noticing things um you know in different scenes that you didn't notice prior it's a lot of yeah. different little cool choices that were made that i really appreciate and of course the uh the great up-and-coming lakeith stanfield makes his debut uh, as a leading role he's, he's such a great actor i mean we love him. we love lakeith we talked about that a little last time might i bring something yeah, up what... so i was thinking about similar actors to lakeith that are very they can slide into any role as a chameleon, I want to give a little shout out to uh, Domino Gleason. You guys oh, might know him as okay. uh, Hux, General. whatever the fuck his name was. Um, he was also an ex machina. He was the one of the brothers in Harry Potter. He he can also pull off a lot of different. Uh, Peter Rabbit, yes, I saw that. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for part two. But yes, Dom Hall Gleason is very good. The son of uh, Brendan Gleason, obviously. Yes. Another. Yes. Also, he got similar when you say the chameleon role. Because Brendan Gleason mm-hmm. has also been in a lot. You know, obviously Harry Potter, the biggest mm-hmm. one that people know. But uh, in Bruges is good. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are some other ones. But yeah, very good. Father Son Duba. And speaking of, uh, you know, Ex Machina, another big thing we talk about on this podcast the A24 movies, you know. Justin. I don't know if you and I have talked about this. Are you a big A24 guy? or? I'll be honest. Uh, before I was watching Uncut Gems. Now, first of all, let me start off by saying I had no idea what A24 was until I was listening to the Filmatic. I think it was wow. the White House Filmatic. Yeah. And oh, you and Evan were talking about A24, right? Yes. Mm. Anyway, I didn't know what it was, had never heard of it, and to be honest, I still haven't looked at a list of what films they're responsible for. Have you seen Hereditary? I've not. What? The soundtrack is awesome. Hereditary was pretty, pretty solid. I really liked that movie. Um, I haven't seen uh, too many of oh. their other films yet. I need to. Agents to Twist Army Man. Deeper Incredible. In. Yeah, A twenty four actually. They they go back a while, and it's just that I feel like until recently they haven't been recognized as this major major player you know in the past they've just kind of been kind of under the books sort of in the sense that right. it wasn't really a, a i definitely think moonlight was their biggest highlight especially for winning oh, the yeah. movie of the year so they just have a great breadth of different stories that they can tell and you know right. i think this brings us right into our something I, I took note of so basically a few hours ago i went on instagram live and uh i took some some questions for the podcast you know some questions and topics that people had one that came up was a question or a proposition to us to uh, talk about moonlight versus la la land uh for those who don't know the oscar first went to la la land but then was quickly corrected as a mistake was given to moonlight um i believe that was 2018 2016 nabil Excuse me, my bad. 2018, 2018. No, 2017. Oh, 2017. you're both wrong. 2017. All right, well, anyway, you know what? Moonlight versus... We should do a, we should do like a I or nay kind of thing. Moonlight, all, all for Moonlight, I. I, all for La La Land. <laughs> I. I, 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 I. I mean, oh, how can you have so many people on one podcast and... Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I'm refraining from answering just because I haven't seen Moonlight, um, and I'm heavily biased towards La La Land anyways, so... Interesting. Why would you I say haven't that? seen Moonlight. I, I didn't haven't vote seen on either. Moonlight, all right. Because I haven't oh, seen yeah, La La, La Land. you want to talk over me? Oh, sorry, Ben. It's my lag <laughs> from being in New Zealand. I didn't actually... It sounded like you'd finished talking, and then you kept talking after I had begun. It's a whole ordeal that I'm worried might actually interfere with the podcast. I think it is right yeah, now. It but might, but we're, we're going to work our I way. I haven't seen it. Hopefully, right. you can stay on. 
But I have seen La La Land. Okay, so I, I guess a lot of people and haven't seen... Movie. Some people haven't seen Moonlight, some people haven't seen La La Land. Uh, personally, having seen both, I'm just going to go ahead and say Moonlight by far. Uh, well, alright, just... all right. I don't know whoa, about whoa, by whoa. far. Listen, okay, that's a little go. strong. Go ahead. La La Land has it all, alright? Does it? You want romance, you got romance. You want yeah, you comedy, want white people. you got comedy. <laughs> <laughs> You want Ryan Gosling? You want, you Ryan, want Gosling. Ryan Gosling. You got it. You want you want Emma Stone. You got it. I right. do want Emma Stone. I I do want Emma Stone. <laughs> I do. Did you get it? You want Did a you music. You got it. You want John Lennon. John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, they actually brought John, John Lennon, Lennon back for this movie. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think about yesterday? Uh, I heard it was awful. That's all I heard. Or really, really not awful, but like, I don't they know. They bring John kinda... Lennon back to life in yesterday. That's true. This is true. This is true. <laughs> I would like to say, uh, defending, uh. kind of defending, I don't know, not defending Moonlight. I don't think I'm in a position to do that. But if someone has seen La La Land and they haven't seen Moonlight, being one of those people, from what I have seen of Moonlight and from what I know about the film, I could completely understand it being a better film. I think La La Land just does a lot of cool things, and it's the first, I'd say, like, in a while, kind of like a, I don't know, it's it's, it's one of the only musicals, right, that gained that much attention or praise, I think, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but what's um, really competing oh. with it? from this current period or prior to it musicals i mean you're right uh you know there's obviously in history there's sound of music and greece and all that but yeah, yeah I, I feel like it is it's... almost one of those films where it like it, it's a, it's not you know something that I'm not talking about like uh an animated movie or anything but i don't know it's an original story that's pretty grounded in reality in terms of the plot uh you know and I think it's in the same tier as Sound of Music in terms that, you know, it kind of breathes life back into the genre. Um, I mean, and I think it's going to be recognized in the same light as something like that. One of those things that, like, people go back and watch and recognize as one of the best musicals in history. I I concur with that. It's very, it's like a big spectacle, and you don't get that very often. It's like, and the way it's choreographed, it's very reminiscent of, like, those golden age Hollywood movies, and it's it's very enjoyable to watch, and it's definitely something that's going to hold up for years, and it'll be held to that same degree as Sound of Music and West Side Story and everything else. So, yeah, definitely. It's a love, it's a love letter to old Hollywood, and I yeah. think it, it does a great job of. I mean, some people, you know, they want newer, more exciting things, and I, I from what I've seen of Moonlight, I I believe that it's a more you know modern story, but I love a good, I love a good throwback, and I think it reminds me a lot of like Singing in the Rain and different older Hollywood musicals, and that's what I love about it so much is that it tells those kind of stories in a modern setting, and I think that's super interesting. Absolutely, yeah, I, mean, I think there's a there's a lot of aspects of the movie that pay homage not only to like older Hollywood movies or musicals, but just like I'd say the general atmosphere, you know, of Hollywood. Um, a lot of the story elements play to a lot of like common themes, you know, of the struggling actor, yeah, someone trying to start a jazz club in this instance. I don't know. Between the dancing and the music aspects, it definitely sweeps you while you watch it. And also the visuals are very, they're very distinguished, I would say. Yeah. And, um, I would probably agree with all that for sure. 
Uh, I think the thing for me just with Moonlight is that it's just, yeah, it's a more modern, it's obviously a modern story, but it almost feels like, like an epic journey, but in a different way in the sense that you see these distinct like three chapters in you know this man's life. And it's a, obviously, you know, we have a lot of coming of age stories, especially in the last you know decade of Hollywood, but this is like the, uh, the epitome of that, I just feel like. And uh, it's... It also has its own style, and uh, I mean, it's just hard to compare those two, actually, now that I think about it, in the sense of what you guys are talking about. Yeah, from what I know, it really seems like Moonlight and La La Land are both extremely good for different reasons, and it does seem difficult to directly compare one another. Yeah, now that I'm actually having to do it, I'm realizing that. Was this like an initial idea? Because I heard you mention this comparison in a previous episode. Was this whose idea was? I feel like, to be fair, I haven't seen La La Land, but from what I know, I feel like they're just completely different genres. Like I don't even see any similarities. Like one's a musical, the other's just like a drama. The comparison is just so common, I think, because you know, one almost one and the other did win. Interesting. I guess with it being said and then corrected, you know, that probably upset some people who are fans of the movie. Maybe you look at the best pictures. For twenty seven or twenty seventeen, they're just all completely different types of films. There's Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Fences, La La Land. It's all completely different. It's just yeah, and you know that's I the way it think probably it should be. You know, yeah. yeah, of course, you don't want a bunch of the same movie up there, which is why I think it's interesting that I guess it's expected to compare them because you have to choose out of all of them, right? But I don't think it necessarily means you have to compare them on the same standard for each one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it just, I think it kind of goes to show that because of that, because of the kind of mini debacle of one winning and then not winning, is that this question was even asked, you know, this wasn't something I had written down for this, this is something that someone asked a question about, you know, so it's interesting that it's still relevant and that people still want to know thoughts about the two movies and I mean, understandably, though, understandably, both very, uh, you know, widely talked about movies, I'd say even yeah, in the mainstream. Divisive. And yeah. I think that also is one one of the things I was mentioning, you know, with like we were talking about Law and being one of the films that is going to go down in history, so to speak, in the same light as The Sound of Music. It had a lot of uh, mainstream appeal, people that aren't very critical or enthusiastic about film or movies in particular. Uh, me personally, at the time, I was not, you know, that deep into watching a lot of movies and comparing them and analyzing the techniques and the stories and everything. And that movie was still, like, heavily praised by so many people just going, you know, I had so many people come out of their way and talk to me about that movie that I've never heard those same people talk about other movies in such a high, uh, like, you know, in such a high form of praise. And people that I also would not expect to necessarily like musicals or anything like that in particular, you know? So at the time, kind of like a, a widespread kind of like, you know, I don't know, like a cultural yeah. phenomenon that might be a bit exaggerated, but I think you know what I mean, generally. I do. Yeah, the the symbolism and the iconography of La La Land definitely, I mean. Yeah, and I mean, it had two really big actors that are pretty popular, so that has something to do with it, but. Yeah, exactly. I can definitely see why that one went more mainstream and rightfully so. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I have heard uh, people talk very highly of Moonlight, but less so, I'd say, than La La Land for people that don't really look too much into film, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. They're for so sure. hard to com- they're hard to compare because La La Land is just very, it's very boisterous, it's all about the noise, but 
Moonlight is a very subdued movie, but they both have such an impact that that's why they're held to yeah. such high regard. So in their own respects, they deserve the place that they're at. Yeah, because like Moonlight is just a, uh, it's like a, like you said, deep, like sulking, like character stuff, yeah. you know? And La La Land is like the perfect, you know, it's like a party, you know? It's, uh, it's what Ben was saying, it's romance, it's all this stuff. So, yes. Um, I should probably move on. So that no, well, I mean, listen. All all I gotta say is moonlighter, sunlighter, really good in the moonlighter. I mean, that's all. I'd like to bounce back really quickly, if you don't mind, Nabil, to the topic of A twenty four movies. I'm not sure who introduced that, but um, you know, I also until recently was not fully aware of everything that they had created. But you know, going on this list here, not that I've seen all of these movies, but they're all things that i plan to watch very soon um from uncut gems you know to mid 90s eighth grade hereditary which i have seen and really enjoyed uh the lighthouse i mean they've got you know and moonlight we were just talking about um yes they do the project also yep yeah so they actually have the majority of my current watch list and the most anticipated movies for that i haven't watched yet um out of like any other single movie maker group or whatever you'd uh you'd call them that i can think of ever um and all of those movies have also been the most talked about movies within you know our circle of people who talk about movies you know the people that are on this podcast so i think that's pretty amazing um track record there oh yeah and just to note you know the florida project is actually now on netflix so i highly recommend people watch that uh, it's it's pretty. I'm not incredible. sure if it's on Netflix in New Zealand, to be honest. Oh yeah, I don't know about that. Um, it is you know. very high on my list, though. I'm a huge Willem Dafoe fan, of course. How could you not be? But yes, of course. Oh, actually, very interesting. Um, one of the movies I watched uh, in 2019, kind of tying these two things in together. I had no idea it was made by A24. Not necessarily a great uh, or astounding movie, in my opinion, but it was pretty fun. Um, Life After Beth. I did not know they also made that. It's from uh, 2014. It's um, the actress's name. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of that movie, but it's interesting. Um, Aubrey Plaza? Yeah, it is uh, Aubrey Plaza and... um, Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when this came out with the weird... uh, Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Freaking Green Goblin so i'm not sure yeah uh, i don't think by any means it's near like my favorite movie that i watched oh, yeah. last year or anywhere in like a top 10 or anything but it was it was fun and it was pretty interesting um but they also made that so well the guy from uh, amazing spider-man 2 is in this yeah yeah Dan DeHaan. yeah right that's that's yeah i didn't know it's, i didn't put the two together yeah i wasn't uh, sure so. i need your blood <laughs> oh, we want to have the Spider-Man discussion. We want to. We want to have the Spider-Man. You Ben. Yeah. Are we really gonna do this right now? I said it. Okay. Well, how about we let others? Can we let others speak first before you and I get into it? Okay. Can Can I just present the topic and then? Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, what does everyone think of? Uh, the Here we go. The MCU, MCU Spider-Man movies. What are the thoughts? Uh, I'll be honest. I have not been keeping up with the MCU. Um, Good for you. I, I think the most recent installment in the series I saw was Ant-Man 2. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really look. I watched the first one in theaters, and I was a big fan. And the second one, it came to Netflix in America, probably like nearly a year ago. I want to say right because I was I, I was so. back in, I was back home in Florida, uh, and it was so bad. I really just stopped watching movies from that entire genre. If you, I think it pretty much encompasses its own genre at this point. Yeah. yeah, it was just yes. terrible. So I haven't seen any of the new Spider-Man movies. That is really interesting. Uh, any other thoughts? I mean, the the latest one came out uh, soon to be it's like almost a year ago. And um, I, if anyone anyone who listens to this knows that, I think it's complete horse shit. But uh, you know, what do other people think? Manny, um, was was it was it the f- the first one came out a year ago or the second one? The second one, right? Yeah. The uh, second I just one. Make yeah. sure I'm not far from losing home. my mind here. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I just misheard you, but yeah, I didn't really enjoy the second one that much. Um, I don't know. As spy- as like one of the bigger Spider-Man fans, in my opinion, definitely by far my favorite MCU character. Not necessarily specifically in the MCU, but you know, one favorite of the, Marvel character. my favorite character that they have the rights to, and okay. my favorite Marvel Marvel character generally speaking. So yes, I was pretty disappointed with the second one, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. My favorite part of that movie was the Mysterio CGI, so that's, that's not really a good sign when... <laughs> yeah, uh, and even then it was like... CGI was the coolest part of the movie, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if anyone else... Anyone else want to... Really trying to clear the air here before Ben Ben gets going. Um, I mean, I really I really enjoyed the first one, honestly. I mean, if Ben likes High School, high school Musical 2, the sequel <laughs> thing, then he's gonna like Far From Home, that's all I'm saying. Listen, Mark Henry. <laughs> yeah? Alright. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that it's One. not just a yeah, reskin. Tell, tell, tell me the that it's not the Lizzie McGuire movie, dude. Alright, it is very similar to the Lizzie McGuire movie. But why is that a bad thing, alright? Uh, if y'all are so tired... Listen, if y'all are so tired of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, alright? When they offer something up a little bit different, and you say... This isn't a superhero okay. movie. I don't like it. All right, let me finish. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Will you ever be satisfied? All right. I'm not saying it was a great film. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think it was great. I thought it was passing. I thought the okay. first one was definitely better. I thought this one was worse than the first one. But by far, it is a better Spider-Man film than Spider-Man 3, which listen, was an abomination. Listen, listen, no, 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 no. Better than Spider-Man 3. It's better than The Amazing Spider-Man. It's better than The Amazing gonna... Spider-Man 2 with his dubstep S ah, ass Electro. <laughs> and I'm fucking tired of people shitting on this film for things that, you know, might not be great about it, but by far are not worse like than cinematography they've done writing? with this. This... Listen, if it, if it was on Disney Channel, you know, and they premiered yeah, it on yeah, there, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's great, good for them, you know, but if I have to go to the <laughs> cinema... <laughs> and let me tell you, Ben, I mean, no, sure, you can say that it's a passing movie, it's entertaining enough to sit in a theater and not want to blow your brains out, but it's not a Spider-Man movie, it's a total disrespect to the character. It's shitting on the character of Spider-Man, really, and... Tell I, me I, how, Nabil, tell me how, to- because... Tell you how? I don't know what you, I don't know what you want Spider-Man to be because they okay. want Spider-Man to be this kind of different Marvel character who isn't just like this 
completely unflawed superhero like everyone else. I don't want it. Right? That's the problem. The problem is that he is unflawed. He needs to be flawed. That's my problem. What do you mean, Nabil? All right? You okay. say, oh, he's he's going after a girl. He doesn't actually care yeah. about his Spider-Man duties. All I right. never said that. Whoa. When did I say that? I never said that. First of all, that's not MJ, okay? Don't, don't call her MJ. It's not Mary Jane Watson, all right? It's Michelle. And... The emotional depth of that relationship is, is like, I mean, we keep going back to it, but it's like an episode of Hannah Montana, you know? There's no build-up. It doesn't make any sense going from one movie to the next. It, it's, it's, total, it's a total discharacterization of the two characters. And, I mean, when you talk about him being, like, unflawed, I mean, in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, you had this whole thing of, oh, man, uh, I, I, maybe I can be the next Iron Man. Should I be the next Iron Man? And then he goes, at the end, like the last, you know, the third act of that movie, the only good act in my opinion. He's like, oh, you know, maybe I don't have to be. I could be my own hero, you know. And at the it, at the beginning of this movie, it just resets. It's a it's just a reset. It's the same. Absolutely incorrect. All right. I'm How so? Tell you How why. is it not a reset? How is it's it not? It's not a reset. Just, it's not him it's, wanting to be it's, Iron Man. It's him feeling. It's him feeling feelings for another human being. All right. How so? He lost someone. He lost someone who was like a father figure to him. Nabil, it's so upsetting. Tony Stark it should shows, be his Uncle Ben. I in this franchise, yes, that's what they did, and I'm not saying it was the best decision, but you know, they they set that up in the first film. And then showed that in the second, that when that father figure leaves him, it fucking has an impact on him, alright? I'd like to quickly introduce like a perspective or an argument that I think you both could meet in the middle ground on, and this is how I feel personally, is that the concept of what Ben just explained is not bad. It, it's not necessarily profound. It's not necessarily bringing something brand new to the character that we haven't seen before in the past, you know, as you compared it to the Uncle Ben uh, situation. But I think the reason it falls flat and it feels uninteresting and not very impactful is because of the way they handled the relationship between t the two of them in the other mcu movies i mean the avengers movies uh specifically i just never i don't know i feel yeah. like i mean okay, so you're saying, being so you're saying, you're saying, you're saying characters that tony stark not you darren i'm talking to ben now you're saying that tony stark is supposed to be his new uncle ben or is that's the role he's playing in this in this franchise fine i'm totally fine with that 100 percent. but you're telling me in, in that sense you're saying that um, okay so the thing with uncle ben is like his death you know great power gives great responsibility whatever right how? What? What actions does Tony Stark have in this entire twenty-one uh, movie franchise that is in any way inspiring to Peter Parker? Because that's a whole other whole other scenario. What do you that we mean, Nabil? I mean, you I don't know if you watched Infinity character. War. I don't know oh, if you watched Infinity yeah. War or Endgame. But let's just talk about it. All right, Infinity War has one of the most impactful scenes of all time in a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. I mean, you can say it's not that impactful, but compared to the rest of the films, it definitely is. The most emotional impact, I would say, is when is when Spider-Man is fading away, and you see him as a character and as a, a teenager. You know, he's accepting death. He's That's literally... Fine. Well, uh, Nabil, fine. I'm saying... Wait. That builds the relationship between him and Tony Stark, all right? You see it further in Endgame. Tony Stark is still in, in Endgame is dealing with the effects of how Peter's death affected him. 
and eventually he sacrifices himself to save others. All but right. Why? That's they don't even. They barely know each other. They're they're in five scenes together, Max. What are you There's talking no... about? Have you... okay. Civil War. All yeah, right, that's it's one in scene. several okay. films. That's, that's Civil scene War, one. an entire movie in Homecoming. They didn't... An entire what? What? <laughs> they don't spend an entire movie together? He that spent entire one... movie is about his relationship he... with Tony Stark. Okay, Civil War, one scene, recruiting him, okay? He leaves, he leaves at the end of the airport battle. Okay, bye-bye. Homecoming, beginning scene, ending scene. There's three, okay? Uh, end game. Wait, Infinity War? Okay, oh, Infinity War. Really quick, really quick, about I like to say we're not counting CGI scenes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not I'm not counting the scenes where Tony Stark wasn't there and he wasn't part of the green screen. I'm talking about when they were on set together, all right? Yeah, and, face-to-face right, listen, as humans, talking, not suited up as I'm talking about. I'm talking about the story, all right? I'm talking about the story, right. and the story yeah, the of problem. Homecoming I just... was about his connection with Tony Stark. Regardless of how many listen. specific scenes they had together... <laughs> The but story why? Was what does he have to offer? What lessons does he give? What do you mean? There's no moral compass. All right. Hear me out. Hear me out. All right. I want to differentiate before I say this also that I think Ben is looking from the perspective of what the story is supposed to be and what it is, you know, canonically what happened in this universe is that they had a relationship they fought together, you know, Tony Stark believed in this kid and gave him a chance to do something greater, um, you know, and that should build a connection between these two people. But then there's the reality of what the viewer feels and the way that storyline was actually portrayed. And I feel like the biggest problem is, and why Nabil feels the way he does, is because they miss the mark in really hitting it home. It was written in a certain way and they put the characters in positions where there should have been a deep connection built. And like I said, in terms of the universe, there was a connection between them. But when the viewer watches it, the relationship is portrayed as, you know, just it's almost not portrayed enough. I think for the scope of all of those movies, it's like a, a background thing that's happening. And I think that specifically with, you know, Infinity War, there is so much going on. And in Endgame, you know, you talk about Tony Stark's reaction to his death. There's so much going on and there's so many people that they have a couple scenes to really show Tony Stark dealing with this loss or him and Spider-Man doing things together before Spider-Man turns to dust or whatever. And uh, it just, when they do do that, it's just very quick and it doesn't feel very real. It's almost just like they're writing it in, it's happening, but there's not a lot of effort put into those scenes in my opinion i want to appeal to nabil's side real quick why he feels probably so strongly about this is that and darian's completely right that there's they try to they they do so much with these films that when you look back at the older films original spider-mans the reason they're so so endearing is that their stories are so focused i feel like and that's why when you look at those you can rewatch those and you can feel the story you can feel the relationships versus when you're saying tony stark and spider-man it's like it just feels very plain and and it doesn't feel fleshed so, all right. Yeah, I mean, those are, those are good how, points. And but, but, but I think those are good points. But I want I would you like to explain to... me any good relationship in Amazing Spider Man 1 or 2. And I don't think you can explain okay. a single I... good one. Yes. Yeah, you can okay. respond. First of all, yeah. let me say, okay. First of all, let me say that I don't think that Amazing Spider Man 2, specifically, as that's the one you were mentioning earlier, and we've talked about this before, is a good movie. No, it's not a good movie. It's a bad movie. 
but you know what? It gets Spider-Man, the character, better than any of this MCU shit, okay? And the relationship between Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy, say anything else about you want, anything in that movie, but the relationship between those two and the portrayals done by Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone is more real, feels more real, and has more weight, emotional weight, than Peter and MJ or Peter and Tony in the MCU. Yeah, and, and I'd like to add, not necessarily more real because i don't think with a superhero movie or spider-man they're always going for a realistic tone it can be comedic it can be a, uh, a bit exaggerated but the big thing is that it actually felt impactful and the, the effects that it had on him you know when gwen stacy dies they're more visible in the character and they're actually like consistently portrayed in the script I think, or the storyline, you know, or, and the performances, all of that. I'm not defending the amazing Spider-Man, uh, both either of those movies, not necessarily great movies, but I will agree with that specific point. And I think when Stacy was a better love interest character than, uh, what is it? Michelle currently, you know, Zendaya. Yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I think there's just some problems going on where the tone of the movie is, Maybe it's still be wor being worked out for MCU Spider-Man, but it just feels too lighthearted, and that's not a problem. Again, that's not a problem, but yeah. it's to the point where when they try to make something serious happen, the rest of the movie hasn't really made anything consistently feel serious. So it's hard yeah, to believe. It's like it's not. It doesn't feel earned. You know, it's just and... I. I don't care when when it happens. <laughs> I don't care because they didn't build it up correctly. Right. That's the and, yeah, and kind of to add to that, like. The thing about Spider-Man's character is, like, I feel like it should be centered on, on you know, like, his problems. Because it shows that he can be, like, bigger than them. And inspires the reader and the comic books and the viewer and the movies to, to learn from that. And it just feels like this version of Peter Parker just doesn't have any problems. And even the minor ones he temporarily has are instantly fixed. And there's just no consequence, you know? And we should be able to empathize with Peter. But we can't. Can't root for him because he's been handed everything, you know? He's been handed his suit. And he's been handed all this shit. And whenever he's knocked down, he's pulled up by Tony Stark or Nick Fury or Happy, whatever his name is, or his friends, you know? There's no great and power the, and there's no responsibility. There's no conclusion to the film because it always has to be tied to the next one, I feel like. It's too... There's too much going on that they need to bridge it with other films. And there's no con concisiveness, almost, to just being Spider-Man. It has to be, okay, well, now there's going to be this, the, the Sinister Six, this whole thing at the end. And this might plug in, oh, this might be part of the Venom movie, so he's going to be part of this and that. So it feels kind of muddled a little. I agree. And I think when you look at, I'm not necessarily a big comic book reader, right? But uh, from what I know and from uh, like a lot of videos that I've watched discussing co um, comic book storylines uh, from different superheroes, I feel like the, the problem is nowadays, at least with the movies, is it's always right at the end, even if they do get to a point where it could be a concise ending. It's like they're always teasing the next one. Right, I yeah. think it's okay to always be setting up things and connecting them, but you don't yeah. have to like shove it in the viewer's face. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I think that you could you can throw in Easter eggs. You can throw in something at the end of the movie that's a tease, but like it doesn't directly have to be in an after credit scene where it's like, oh, well, there's the next thing. Like you, you know about it before the next movie even starts. You know, I think yeah. the next movie you reopen whatever it is. It's a surprise. I don't know. I, yeah. It's totally respectable that they've been able to pull this off, this entire dirty movie universe, and it's really cool. But it just, oh, yeah. I feel like it, the shtick is getting kind of old, I think, the, with them. Yeah, and I think yeah. a big thing is, if you look at, uh, and correct on this, but I'm pretty sure there were, there were no after credit 
scenes in uh, the okay. Sam Raimi trilogy, right? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, after credit scenes have become more common, generally speaking, I'm not just saying specifically with Spider-Man or the MCU, uh, but I think it shows that it's like, can't we get hyped and sell the sequel based on how good the right. first movie was alone, not just... Exactly, and you know, you mentioned the Raimi trilogy, and uh, you, the thing with that is like, there's say what you want about Spider-Man 3, that's a whole nother discussion, but there's a there's a buildup to the characters and their actions you know there's a buildup to harry turning on peter in spider-man 3 uh if there's a buildup to all these like singular aspects you know the love you know the mj and peter whole whole saga thing and i lost my train of thought but that's what i'm trying to say yeah and i i think that um just talking about tone because i feel like sometimes in these discussions i'm not saying we are necessarily but uh it's relevant to consider, you know, some people will say that, you know, me personally, I believe this, that there are too many, like, shoehorned in jokes, and specifically Far From Home, at least, and the movie's tone just feels, like, kind of off, I think, personally, but, you know, you'll have people defend it as, oh, it's Spider-Man, it's supposed to be funny, it's fine to have a non-serious superhero movie, especially with, you know, the large wave we had of, like, grittier takes on superheroes, but... Uh, I, like in Sam Raimi's movies, not necessarily considering Spider-Man three because there are questionable things in that movie, but like there are funny situations. The characters can be funny, but it's not like the characters themselves are part of the joke. If that makes yeah, sense, the dialogue and writing doesn't turn for the sake of a joke. If that makes sense, and yeah, and it's it doesn't feel like things that shouldn't be happening in the story are happening just for the sake of a joke. It's a lot more natural, definitely. Yeah, I think we should move to. um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think we should move to. (laughs) You go, you go, you go. What you were saying is right, but also when it does mean to be comedic, it's campy in the right ways, in a way that feels authentic to Spider-Man. Anyway, go ahead. I think we should move to the next question because I feel like um, we can get Justin in this and Nick. We haven't heard from from a while too. Sorry about that, guys. Ben, I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh, it's fine. There's been a lot of noise around here. Sorry, Justin. Yes, I got sir. like I was saying earlier. I got a few questions from the uh, the Instagram audience, and one of these was okay. I want to ask. I want to. I want to give you a good one that I think you'll be able to answer. <laughs> things okay. you might have seen. Uh, Something you, seen you might be Club? able to understand. Yes, <laughs> I saw Fight Club a few years ago in my movie heyday. Actually, that might have been ninth grade, to be honest. So I'll try and answer this to the best of my abilities, but. Well, it's just Seeing a general thing. They're just, they're just asking about our thoughts on Fight Club and if we think it's overrated. Okay. All right. Um, so in ninth grade, I was – this is actually – side note means nothing to the audience. I just thought you might find it interesting. This is the – this is when I first met Evan, and I didn't have any friends to talk about movies with at the time. And I met Evan, and of course, anybody that's an avid listener of Filmatic knows – that Evan likes his movies. So it was a nice friendship. And I got into the groove of watching one new movie a night. What I really wanted to do was narrow down all of like the really big names in film that everybody's always talking about that I hadn't seen. Um, So I watched Fight Club. And I'll be honest, when I watched it, I didn't think it was overrated. I mean, I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. And I understand why everybody is talking about it and like telling people to watch it if they haven't. So... In that regards, yeah. I don't think... It's perfectly course, rated. Right. Are you agreeing or summing up my... 
no, I'm totally agreeing with you. That's <laughs> totally agreeing because it's it's it definitely had that big push. Well, I think that was 99, 98. It came out 99. for this whole this whole like that. Yeah, 99 was an interesting year because that was like Big Lebowski, Matrix, Fight Club. There were a lot of like very esoteric films coming out that kind of explored new topics that not kind of uncomfortable or like they were, they were very deviant. So I think it definitely deserves its role in that place of being so popular and iconic and everyone quotes it all the time. So right. it's definitely deserved. I mean, I yes. am never one to speak out against Brad Pitt. I mean, come on. What, what, what bad can you say about the guy? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think it's overrated. Uh, I think some people, some people feel that, just based on what I've read and some reviews I've I've heard of that people feel like it's too edgy that it tries to be too edgy but uh, I mean Fincher mm-hmm. I think that's kind of Fincher's style in some regards uh, I think I somebody's think it was saying from that... a different time yeah I mean things back then people oh, very didn't true criticize them being too edgy you know what I mean I mean I, I wasn't alive then and list, like you know actively watching things as a mature person but I feel like that's a pretty new thing like people watch things and they're like oh it's being too edgy I feel like that's a pretty new yeah thing in the yeah. past few years um, absolutely like it's, it's kind of think- like what I was talking about how people were criticizing superhero movies for being getting too gritty at some point um like I heard that pretty often that things were yeah. getting too serious. I don't know. I also think it applies. Think... Or you can go ahead. Sorry. Oh, thank you. So courteous. Uh, I think that there are definitely, and obviously I don't think anybody's going to disagree. I don't think this is a monumental discovery, but I think it's safe to say that there's movies and topics about movie or yeah, movies that are about certain topics that you just couldn't make today. And I'm not necessarily saying fight club is one. I think you could definitely make fight club in today's atmosphere but it's definitely exactly what darian was saying someone's saying oh it's too edgy being a recent complaint absolutely true and i also think it's a very very lazy complaint it's just like somebody that sees a popular movie doesn't understand it or just doesn't care about it and just that manifests itself into disliking the movie sort of resenting how much attention it's getting for how much they think it's worth and i'm not saying i'm not uh, I'm not guilty of that because I am definitely when it comes to certain things, but I just think saying that about a movie is just so disrespectful because you don't, if you say that, it's just so yeah. clear you know nothing about that yeah. movie and you don't know what you're talking about. And right. if you say it to other people yeah, that also major... don't know anything about the movie, it gives them a bad impression of it without giving the movie a fair chance to defend itself. You know what I mean? I think a reason people form opinions a lot on movies is just based off kind of a fan base you you look at you think about the people who would watch this kind of movie and you're like oh that's for you know this kind of crowd or like the certain type of people that are always talking about it mm-hmm. when in reality i mean those people watching it are just i don't know they're not even the whole picture you know they're just unfortunately i guess you could say a, a negative reflection like the stereotypes of it but you should just go into a movie with an open mind and i think you'll have a better experience that way also, I feel like something people fail to recognize, not necessarily specific to movies, um, just any art form, I guess, when people criticize art, I understand it. It's always great for discussion and, you know, you know, um, sifting out the best to the top, you know, things that we want to regard very highly. Um, but people, I think, fail to recognize that an individual or a group of individuals had a very specific vision for that movie 
And in most circumstances, I'm, this doesn't always happen, unfortunately, they have executed it the way they did for a very specific reason. And if something's like, you know, too edgy or, or cringy, that's still their vision. And I don't think it makes it bad inherently because you don't like the, the stylistic choices or the tone of it. You know what I mean? It's one thing to not like the tone, but I don't think something being too edgy for one person or a group of people means the movie's bad. I don't think that should be a, you know, a, like a, I don't, know, I don't think it should take points off of the movie's yeah. value holistically. Yeah. And it's also just the fact that this movie's been around so long and it has that precedence of being a cult, a cult film. And that's why it could be a turnoff, which it shouldn't be. But a lot of films like that have, have such a, a huge role in, in film history. And that's why you might avoid it or you might be attracted to it. Yeah. And you get the same kind of rhetoric when you, like you said, cult movies like, you know, Donnie Darko, Big Lebowski and aging and our current, our current societies and our outlook. So that's pretty, it's pretty poignant. It's a pretty good take. Uh, next question. I just wanted to no, say something about uh, Fight Club before you ended. Uh, what are your thoughts on Meatloaf in Fight Club? <laughs> I mean... Meatloaf is in Fight Club? Yeah. He's yeah, pretty man. funny, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, sad. Have you know. seen yeah. Fight Club, Ben? I have not seen Fight Club. Oh, I would recommend Sorry. it. For sure. Yeah, no, I would like to watch it. It's one of those films where I'm like, yeah, I've been told to watch this like 20 times. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Of course, never of course, yeah. To it. That's me with Titanic, for sure. <laughs> I've never seen him in any other movies, though, so. I mean, he. Meatloaf? Meatloaf? Yeah. Meatloaf is great in Rocky Horror. You guys seen Rocky Horror? The original? No. Yeah, the original. Are you talking about the NBC one from like last year? Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm talking about the original. <laughs> Was the the one from last year actually, was it bad? I don't know anything about it. I mean, just out of curiosity. It is what it is. It's like... Uh, uh. (laughs) I think what makes the original so good is that it's like a cult classic. And it's very bad in a lot of ways, which makes it more interesting to watch. Um, So I think the idea of a remake is kind of lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they They always do it with, like, Grease and... Um, forget the other one they did, but they did like the Little Mermaid one. But they just feel so yeah. very. I mean, I don't know. Grease also isn't a good movie originally. It's just <laughs> fun because it's yeah. like a product of the time. It's there are so many strange things about the movie that just don't work, or, but it's fun, and and that's yeah. how Rocky Horror is too. So when they recreate it, it's like really nobody little- wants this. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't want to backtrack too much here. I don't want to get hung up on this, but about it just being fun, I think that's, um, it, it does tie into the discussion of the Spider-Man movies, and the the thing is, sometimes you get lost in trying to make something too emotional with the newer ones. I, I get that it's funny, but overall the movies don't feel as fun anymore. I don't know. Uh, I think that is something that should be appreciated, not necessarily having a super deep story or, yeah. you know, packing it as much as you can. As long as the movie is enjoyable you know that is something to be said in its own right yeah uh if if we're uh, wrapping up fight club move on to the next question here it's a pretty interesting one why don't modern movies utilize phones newer phones smart last that question that's a good question that, that is a question very good comes question. to us from sofia martinez <laughs> <laughs> interesting uh, okay <laughs> uh, believe it or not uh, why'd you laugh why did yeah, you why, laugh who laughed who laughed 
She's recovering, isn't she? It has nothing to do with coronavirus, I swear. Okay, well, for the uninitiated, she did have coronavirus, but she no longer does, and that's great. I applaud her for not having coronavirus anymore. uh, I went to a party at her house once. Wow, way to flex on us. Yeah, it was not really a party. It was mostly just, like, um, scum gang getting fucking wasted on the couch watching Family Guy. I left after, (laughs) like, five minutes, to be honest. That's pretty funny. Uh, anyway, she, she came up with a few good questions, but this is one I thought it's pretty pretty fun. Why don't modern movies utilize newer phones, smartphones, to be more specific? That is very can... interesting. Oh. Oh. No, you go, you go ahead, Mike. Uh, what's your name? Merchant. Merchant. Sugmanets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced Sugmanets. Oh, sorry. Um, anyway, so in a lot of movies in like the late 1990s, early 2000s i'm gonna use the born trilogy i guess it's a quadrilogy if you're looking at the just the matt damon films now but anyway uh, they actually like in that time period made a point of showing people using cell phones a lot because it was like the big thing like oh he's like a former cia agent you know he has a cell phone like he's gonna use this cell phone it's like a flip phone it's a big deal at the time and now the fact that smartphones are essentially the microcosm of human knowledge condensed into a chip in your pocket, it seems pointless to include it in movies, you know? That, at least that's my theory. Like, I don't know. I feel like technology had such a bigger role in films in the early 2000s. It was, like, on the rise as, like, the cool thing, you know? But nowadays, it's pretty much just ignored and looked over because it's so... It's so embedded into our everyday life. It feels unnecessary to comment on it, you know? I feel like directors... Or you can go, I'm sorry, Darian. No, you can go ahead. I was going to say, uh, filmmakers might see it as too much of a crutch of like a plot device to use. And I I could see why they wouldn't want to include it, but also I do feel it is included in some films. I was just thinking of Uncut Gems. You see characters texting, you see that element of using um, a messaging (laughs) some, some type of system. So it's definitely in- incorporated, but I don't feel like they want to emphasize the technology because it could also date the film in a way they don't want it to. Mm-hmm. True, that's, that's very true, actually. Good point. I wanted to make like kind of a extrapolating like from that observation um, that you know cell phones are not used that often or whatever. Uh, it, it might I don't know maybe this is just personal feelings coming in here, but uh, I I think it's interesting because. You know, everyone has a cell phone and everyone is on their phone for a lot of different reasons just due to the capability of the technology. But I'd make the argument that maybe maybe they're not included because being on your phone really isn't that interesting and there's not a lot of emotion or, you know, there's not a lot of substance to it a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of just become a, a thing that I don't think is necessarily extremely enjoyable or extremely impactful and it's also just i think it's a fact that it's hard to convey emotion you know um through somebody texting somebody obviously you know in real life you might have an emotional interaction quote unquote uh over text or messaging services but in reality it's kind of just a you know the act of using your phone i'd say is almost the opposite of creating art i the there's a lot of things about it that just feel very disconnected and it's just just 
I, I don't know. There's, you know, when you're trying to portray something emotional or moving or impactful or exciting, I, I don't think phones have anything to do with that. I get using it as like a plot device, you know, because people are texting each other or something like that, communications for the characters. But the only instances I can think of where technology is like front and center. This kind of technology is the, the unfriended movies where they're like Skyping. <laughs> and there's like one where the Harold and Kumar guy is like trying to save his daughter, but it's all on the computer. But besides uh, that, I can't think of it being utilized well or like front and center. So. It, is I, and it I a coincidence that those all look terrible? <laughs> hmm. Um, I think it's also another example being like Black Mirror. You know, that's a movie. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, a TV show about um you know technology i think it kind of reflects the general view of technology at least amongst people who are making films and television and media you know mm. art um i think the general feeling towards cell phones is that they're not necessarily a great thing obviously there's a lot of uses and they're very useful but i don't think it's necessarily something people are you, do you, i don't know if that makes sense i'm having a hard time coming up with the exact words I'm trying to think of, but the perception of cell phones isn't inherently positive. Um, yeah. Like Black Mirror is kind of a reflection of, you know, technology kind of being a scary or negative thing that doesn't really, it, it kind of degrades human behavior. I think that's kind of a message from the show um, or it's inherently dangerous or risky to the way we live. And I think, uh, I don't know. It's just, they're, they're not present I think for a reason and it's just because it's uninteresting to use a phone for the most part. Yeah. Another one that comes to mind, it's also a TV series, but the first thing I can think of when we talk about this is breaking bad. And, uh, very often that people are using burner phones, mm-hmm. specifically flip phones. It's supposed to take place in 2008, even as the season, uh, the seasons progress and they're constantly like just breaking them in half uh, so that they can't be traced. And that goes back to what Manny said about how it's dating and it's cool that we were able to talk about that aspect as well as what Darren started to get into about technology as a message of the film or the piece, the, the series in that case. And yeah, so that's cool. Something uh, interesting, something interesting I heard about, uh, I was watching this video uh, where Ryan Johnson is talking about Knives Out actually. And he's talking about how Apple has oh, a yeah. thing where they will not let a filmmaker use um, an Apple device, an iPhone. Um, it can't be used by the villain. So if you see yeah. someone using an Apple device, you know that they're not the villain. And because Apple will not allow that. I thought that was pretty interesting. And that is... He- he says in the in the video, he talks about how it's kind of a, a giveaway for movies like Knives Out because if they need a character to be using a phone, um, you know, the good people will use iPhones and the bad people will most likely be an Android. Or you could just have no one use an iPhone. That is true. That is very true. Yeah, I think the scene that he was specifically talking about required use of a smartphone and he was just worried about that clause that Apple told him about that they can be used for certain roles. So I guess when it comes to that, it gets pretty tricky. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually really good. So when's the sponsors coming in a bill? <laughs> anyway, That's this true. show is sponsored by Nokia. Um, <laughs> so we're good. 
Uh, if you get an Apple sponsorship, I'm gonna stop watching. If I get an or I guess Apple sponsorship. Listening. Dude, I'd be lucky to get an Audible uh, sponsorship. <laughs> um, Harry Shavers. So that was a really good question from Sophia. Thank you, Sophia. Thanks, Sophia. That's a really good one. This next question comes to us from Peter Giannone. I don't know if anyone Ooh, knows. my man. He says, what was the most racist movie of this generation? Hmm. Interesting. Frozen 2. Because as soon as he sent that, <laughs> he just left the uh, the live stream. So he most did, racist. Wow. To make the elaborate. <laughs> of, of what time period? Of the year? Of the century? Of our, of our generation. Well, um, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> racist, like it's purposely racist, or like that's what know? I was gonna say. I was gonna ask him, and then he, he was gone. So, <laughs> what does Peter want? Something I thought was pretty funny was uh, in La La Land. <laughs> yes, they're like they're like John Legend, a black man, is ruining jazz music. And Ryan Gosling, a white man, is the savior of jazz, and he will save it to be pure and what jazz is supposed to be. But John Legend, no. All right, all right. Jazz a little. Hold on, PC Ben. Uh, <laughs> I I think that there is nothing inherently racist about that. It just so happens that the male lead is white, which could be racist, yeah, because there he's not a black male lead, and that's not as common. Whatever, we can talk about that for hours. I think it's more so just they wanted to use a popular artist who uses jazz elements who happens to be black. And I think it's more so a message on like, you know, keeping things the way they were versus changing them. I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think there's that, that much thought put into it. You know, you know, I don't I don't making a joke. Yeah. I just about, thought it was pretty funny. We should narrow it to like a kids movie that could be that's racist. Fair, that's fair. Racist kids movie? Like on like they could be not yeah, like not on purpose, but <laughs> um, you know, like <laughs> and then you'll be like Spider Man far from home. Um. Okay. Yeah, you don't like Zendaya. I'm not gonna dignify that with a response. Zendaya as MJ. I wonder. I'm not gonna dignify that with a response. Here's one. I feel like. Yeah. Sorry, it's not a kids movie, but I just thought of it. The movie Pootie Tang. Have any of you heard or seen of it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, it's a... Uh, I can't remember the name of the genre. Nudie? No, no, no. It's not black exploitation, <laughs> but it's, like, new black exploitation. Oh, like, cause, okay. Okay, I'm, right? I was looking at it. Yeah. Like the that wave is, of films. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, uh, <laughs> like under the same wave as, like, Undercover Brother and, like... I don't White know. Chicks. Here's the thing. White chicks, exactly. It's, like... About this black guy who's like a hero, but he speaks this like literally unintelligible language, which I guess is supposed to be like Ebonics or something, and it's supposed to be funny. And I remember watching it as a kid, and I thought it was funny. But looking back on it, it was directed by Louis C.K. Is that does that inherently make the movie racist? That Louis C.K. had this black guy speaking a language that no one besides other black people can understand. Um. You guys ever watched Little Man? No. No, I started it, and it was maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. Is that that Um, too bold of a statement to say? No, I mean, if it was that bad, it was that bad, you know? It was Uh, furiously bad. 
Oh wait, that's so, like, like the, um, is Louis C.K. cool with the brothers or what's that? Huh? Is is Louis C.K. cool with the brothers? You know what I'm saying? Or is he like? Cause I maybe, don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've seen some of his sets and they're pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, I can't really repeat it, but I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> what are we talking about? Thanks, Peter movie. Giannone. Yeah, Peter. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of movies with, like, cultural appropriation, but I don't really, like, singular examples, you know? I mean, The Last Samurai. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that. The Last Samurai is awesome. I do is not it? believe in cultural appropriation. I don't know if you're going to have no, to censor I mean, this part out, but I don't think it's a real thing, because the whole point of culture is to be able to change and evolve over time by other people's influences. And obviously imperialism and, uh, like, Christian and other religions having, like, uh, what's the word? Missions, like, destroying cultures in Africa. Obviously, that's different. But I'm saying people adopting and having their own influence and being influenced by other cultures isn't cultural appropriation. That just means you don't know the definition of culture. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just listing examples that people have brought up, like, online. Uh, and, uh, on a list other- of racism-related films, Zootopia is here. Can we talk about that? Or? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, Zootopia... The way that they depicted sloths in that movie. <laughs> it's just fucked up. It's messed up. So is that uh, your answer, Pete? Yeah, Pete. So our answer is Utopia. Hope, hope you... Hope that's what you were looking for. I would like to take a quick serious answer to Peter. I just don't think there's a lot of like blatantly racist movies recently that have come out. I just don't think it's possible. Yeah. I think the only arguments you could make for any movie are instances where, oh, they portray this actor who is of a certain race um, stereotypically, or they make an actor of a specific race play a certain character. You know what I mean? I don't I think any movies them entirely are solely racist or like. You know what I mean? I don't know. What's that Clint Eastwood movie where he's like a Vietnam veteran? Grand Turismo. Yeah, that, is that was our Gran generation. Tur- Gran Torino. Yeah. Gran Turismo is a car from GTA Five. <laughs> <laughs> Gran Torino. That movie came out in like the mid two thousands or something. And yeah, that one was that one's fucked. All right. Yeah, but isn't yeah, he supposed I would just, to be I'm racist? I'm thinking in the past now? ten years. Yeah. Like what in a time period where we could have watched the movie? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or something like that. Well, I haven't seen it, but isn't the whole point that his character is supposed to be racist? Is it, or is the movie genuinely racist? I mean, I, I haven't seen it either, to be honest. Well, the movie, like, movies themselves can portray racist characters, but I don't think any movie has a racist message behind it. Yeah, no like, one's going to say Black Klansman is like... <laughs> man, Black Klansman was so racist, bro. Spike Lee is such a, such a racist, bro. It was reverse racism. It exclusively um, was. Family Guy? The movie? Is that a thing? Did they make a movie? I don't think so. <laughs> right, I, I think... Uh, they what, made what the Star Wars question? movies, right? What's the next question? <laughs> yeah, can, I, can I move on to the next question, please? This one's um, making me a little sick to my stomach. So, Sachin, Sachin Pavlori. Sachin Pavlori. Okay. He gives us... Interesting he a crowd, you I really don't understand what happened. It was like a 10-minute... Right, anyway, uh... Okay, let's go with he had a few. Um, let's do best rom coms. Oh, rom-com. dude, hands down, hands down. I have uh, a few answers that I can't decide between. Right? Have you guys ever seen Crazy Stupid Love? Crazy Thanks, Stupid man. Love is really good. 
That's a really good movie. That's what I would say. Oh, all right. Well, one of them. One of them. Well, listen. I'm gonna go with La La Land. Yeah, that I was gonna a, mention that. That's yeah. a rock star musical. Oh, absolutely. Shit. Of course he is. Yeah, absolutely is. All right. I get. Oh, it. I, was, I was talking to myself. Sorry. Um. Okay. So we have La La Land. Manny mentions Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, Friends yeah. with Benefits, bro. Justin Timberlake. Or Such do you mean movie. the other one? Um, the No Strings Attached. No Strings Attached yeah, no with Ashton Kutcher. No, I don't mean No Strings Attached. <laughs> they're both the same movie, Justin. What about oh, they're McGuire? identical. It's so funny. They came out Jerry the same McGuire? year. Is that a rom-com? <laughs> what? I, I, it's listed as a rom-com, bro. Isn't it like a I'm... sports comedy? It says rom-com slash sport. Alright, that's stupid. We're not talking about Jerry Maguire. I mean, it has one of the most iconic, iconic, you know, romance lines. Yeah. You know, the, Does it? You had me at hello, you complete me, you know. That's from oh. that movie. I literally don't even remember that. Yeah, it is. Whatever, bro. All right. I don't know. Who's he in love with in the movie? This isn't my own view, Ben. What? Nothing. What did you just call me? I said Ben. <laughs> When Harry met Sally. Hitch. Hitch. When Hitch. Harry met Hitch. Sally, though. Hitch is good, honestly. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. <laughs> um. All right, Nabil. Uh, that was enough time for everyone to laugh. Not yet. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> it ain't over till Ben Casey sings. Uh, what about What Women Want, starring Mel Gibson, 2004, I think. Dude, what a- Mel Gibson. Thoughts? Oh, it's Passion just 2000, actually. Wow, okay, I was wrong. Have any of you seen it? Nah. No. I don't go out of my way to watch rom-coms, unfortunately. Wait, I thought you meant What Men Want from last year. That's a pretty good one, too. No, that's a that's a sexist remake, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's how you feel? Um, okay. Whatever. No, I don't okay. actually feel like that. <laughs> it's just a remake. I, I don't think either of them are probably good. I, the first one wasn't good. I can't imagine the remake is any better, to be honest. I really like Hidden Figures. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen it, or know anything about it, rather, but it's like Mel Gibson's like the guy that's like, oh, any woman I want will fall in love with me. So he makes a bet with his co-workers that the new boss, who's this lady, uh, she's some famous actress, I don't remember, but he makes a bet that he can make her fall in love. But she's like a strong, independent boss that actually won't fall in love with him. But... He uh, gets electrocuted in a bath while he's wearing women's clothing and suddenly gets the ability to read women's minds. So now he can actually read her mind what? and make her fall in love with them. That's pretty cool, actually. Genius. It's pretty interesting. All right. I got um, some more rom-coms, all right? Of course you do. You would. I think Francis Ha is considered a rom-com. How do we feel about Francis Ha? Not no seen idea. It. You know, I started it, but I didn't it's finish it. more a character study, maybe. But, yeah... I don't know. Maybe more just a character study. I would recommend it. <laughs> is that a rom-com? Oh my god. The, the problem Jeez. with this topic, in my opinion, that I'm, is having, like, giving me trouble coming up with an answer is I feel like there's a lot of comedies that have, like, romantic elements to them, but they're not, like, classified officially through these searches because I can't think of any off the top of my head. Well, if Zookeeper is, I, I don't you know, Super not. is centered around, you know, Love. Griffin finding romance, you know, and uh, it's centered around a talking gorilla. Would Shrek be considered that. a rom com? I mean, no, kinda. I think that's an adventure, no. an adventure comedy. 
because the plot isn't him falling in love. The plot yeah, is him getting his swamp back. Yeah, it's just a just a story that encompasses everything. Yeah, as, as I think we might want to save I want to save Shrek for a different podcast because that could take up a lot of time if you really want me to get into it. <laughs> no, I don't want to get into it. I'm just saying there's there's some romance in there. It's a no, but yeah, there is a part of the story. True love. I mean, true. I think Shrek you can definitely say Shrek Two is a rom com. I, I would I would oh, let yes. you make that argument. Sure. Yeah, I would yes. agree. Shrek Two is a rom com. Absolutely. Only. Yeah. Is it exclusive? Um, 50 yeah. First Dates? Adam Sandler's got some role oh, cups true. under his belt, right? 50 First Dates is a great movie. 50 First Dates it, is so good. Um, 50 First Dates is probably one of the only performances I'd say that he gave that could compete with Uncut Gem. Just Go With It, Blended, 50 Just First Go With It was not funny in my opinion. Blended was... Blended sucked, dude. Uh, oh, Wedding yeah. Singer's good, though. I haven't seen that one. I've been meaning to. The Wedding Singer? I've never seen that. Oh my That's gosh. Like- Alright, hold up. I lied. Do we consider I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry a rom-com? <laughs> because if so, um, that is definitely the best one in my opinion. I don't even know if that was the question, but it's my favorite by far if we can do it. I'd say that that, that, would, that could count, because he falls in love with Jessica Biel, right? <laughs> yeah, there's... I mean, I, I guess it's, it's more just like a comedy... Well, I don't know. If we're considering Zookeeper a rom-com, then we can consider that one a rom-com. Amen. We can also consider nearly every Adam Sandler movie a rom-com. Yeah, I was say. That's my boy. Not Funny People. I would not consider that a rom-com. Not Big Daddy. And not The Cobbler, I don't think. Don't mess with the Zohan. You don't mess with the Zohan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Paul Blart Mall Club? Okay, that's not him. Okay, okay so Has anybody seen really. uh, Me, Myself, and Irene? Yes, that movie is so funny, dude. Yeah. I don't know. It's I don't been really so remember long. Much. Yeah. Every Adam Sandler movie is a rom com. Do we consider Click a rom com? <laughs> um, honestly, mm, uh, not really. Yeah. No, no. Maybe. Unfortunately, otherwise that would be my choice. Click is a very good movie, though. I think yeah. people are very way too quick to dismiss Adam Sandler because he does have some impressively bad movies. Okay. Okay. But... This is a perfect segue. Then you know we were talking about the rom coms, but Sachin had another question. Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler? Mm. That's tough. Oh, if this was mm. middle school for me, hands down would have said Will Ferrell. But yeah, I'm definitely going to have to reconsider. And by reconsider, I mean absolutely say Adam Sandler. I would agree. I respect uh, Will Ferrell, but like personally, I, the, there's not even a debate. It's definitely Adam Sandler. But like, um, yeah, Will Ferrell has some good stuff. He does. Anchorman was one of my favorite movies when I first saw it. But... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I rewatched it recently, and it just feels so childish and like not very funny to me. <laughs> That's the I don't thing. Know if it's like, just me. Someone, someone tried to show me Step Brothers last year. Maybe it was in the senior line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, and, it, I, I thought it was Chris. I feel like. Yeah, it definitely like probably was Chris. <laughs> but we couldn't. I couldn't get like ten minutes into that. I just. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think Step Brothers is a great movie. I think it has some good comedy. I think there are some cringe aspects of it. <laughs> yeah, you like Elf? You like Elf, don't you? Do you I do not like Elf. Elf isn't bad. Elf is a great film. Ben, I was in Holmes and Watson in theaters. Since I was two years old. Yeah, I have not seen Elf in theaters. and Watson in theaters? I don't know. Dude, Holmes and Watson. Man, I, I watched like five minutes of that. I think the Step most recent Will Ferrell movie I saw was Daddy's Home. 
it's enjoyable for what it is. I mean, yeah, we got to maybe what it is. It, it was pretty funny. I don't know. Will Ferrell's he can carry some movies, but I think Ooh. Adam Sandler has a much better track history overall, in my opinion, personally. And it's all subjective. It's true. Land of the Lost. I mean, come on. That is good. I will admit that might be one of my favorite <laughs> Will Ferrell performances. That and out of pure nostalgia, Anchor Man. Yeah, I feel like if Will Ferrell does a serious movie and he does it well, we can talk again. Yeah, yeah he needs exactly, his exactly. Things, but uh, he needs his he, exactly. So, but look, here's what I'm saying: uh, get hard. Will Ferrell <laughs> delivers such a powerhouse emotional performance, <laughs> comparable to that of Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love. Wait, no, I'm actually thinking of. Um, yeah, I don't no, think I'm you're thinking, thinking of Adam Sandler <laughs> Punch Drunk Love. Sorry. Yeah, I don't get hard was. Get hard I, was, I didn't see that. I don't remember. It was not funny. I fell asleep actually. I got it from yeah. on Redbox. It was like the one of the only one of the first times and one of the only times I used Redbox, and it literally wasn't worth the one dollar I paid for it. <laughs> Just to be like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Ah. What are you a huge Get Hard fan, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Unironically, what was the point of that? I'm not a good what, was, what the fuck was the point of that statement? <laughs> yeah, what was that? Ben? You don't if you're not trying to hard. defend Get Hard, why would you roast me for shitting on Get Hard? All right, okay, what's the next well, Suchin question? <laughs> the final Suchin question is: What are some of the best horror movies to watch during the pandemic? Oh, okay. This is pandemic? a very good discussion topic. Matt Damon, pandemic. Contagion, but okay. Basic Spider-Man. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> True. No. Cut that out. Cut that out. I don't even hear what you said. All right. Um, on a serious note, there's a lot of really good horror movies uh, that, I mean, I don't know what he's seen, but that we could recommend. Lighthouse, Lighthouse. Lighthouse. I don't even know if I want to classify that as horror, dude. I mean, oh, it definitely I has horror elements, I feel like. I Well, it's definitely... I think it's definitely worth watching in time where you're in constrained quarters. You'll oh, get that yeah, feeling. Yeah, sure. so. yes. It definitely fits in this uh, this, this subset. Um, um, and yeah, we, has, can, we can go back to Hereditary. That was a great movie. I what is it about? That, but you should watch it and be like, if you're in the mood for a horror movie. Seems pretty weird. like, But not like good weird, just like from what I've heard, I don't know. I've heard mixed things. I've heard mixed things. I remember when- it's just, it's a very good horror movie. It really just makes you uncomfortable and it's a lot of different ways. Not, not You know what I mean? It's not overly reliant on like, you know, horror tropes, like jump scares. It's just like, I'm not saying it's a great film. I don't really know. I'd have to rewatch it, but there are just so many scenes where it's just, it, I, I watched a video recently. Um, I forget who it was by, but it kind of discussed that there's, you know, there's different types of being scared, being afraid. And, you know, there's like the creepy stuff, it's things that just make you uncomfortable. And I think this movie has a lot of those, not necessarily like outright terrifying things, you know, while there are those elements to the movie. I don't know. I, I think it did a pretty good job. I watched Nightmare on Elm Street the other day and I remember it being really scary, but like, I feel like those films... They have their campiness and they're fun, but like, they're just, I don't know. It wasn't that scary. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. The only one that holds up to me is Texas Chainsaw. But that's a good one. But besides that, I don't know. Human Centipede? (laughs) Ooh, I have no interest in watching that. (laughs) 
This yeah. looks disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the lighthouse, I don't know if anyone's seen The Witch. That was oh, I really want to. Previous movie. Uh, I don't know if it's still the, on Netflix. The Witcher. The Witch. Oh, can we talk oh, the about The Witcher? The Witcher on Netflix, starring Superman. <laughs> Is that Go with ahead. um? Oh no, I'm sorry. It's Henry Cavill. Yeah, poor guy. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, he you see how jacked this guy is. I'm talking about his, his films. Yeah, he's a he's a beautiful man for sure. <laughs> gay, gay? Question mark. You can't say that. This is one of the most homophobic podcasts I've been on now because of Ben Casey. Yes, yeah, solely because of Ben Casey. Oh, the irony. Oh, the irony. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, has anyone seen a quiet place? No, yeah. it's, I have not seen it. I have no interest in seeing it, dude. It's a it's gimmick okay. movie. It, it is I kind respect, of a gimmick movie. I respect John Krasinski. I agree with that. It seems like a gimmick movie, but you know, just like nineteen seventy. Him being in it is the gimmick. <laughs> no, literally, everybody's like, "Yo, it's the Office guy. It's the Office guy in a movie." <laughs> Nobody remembers fourteen hours yeah. or whatever the Benghazi movie was called. I think what happened is John Krasinski came back from doing the final episode of The Office, and he sat down. And he's like, "Oh, I can finally play this game, The Last of Us," and this—that was his idea after he finished playing The All Last right. of Us. I, I think it's cool that he's writing his own shit and doing his own shit now. I yeah, think come on, Nabil, cool. what the hell? Wait, he didn't do his own shit for The Office? Are you telling least, me Jim was scripted? At least, at least he's not Kevin from The Office on uh, on Cameo.com. All right. Did you see Kevin did a Bush's Baked Beans commercial on YouTube? Jeez, that is... It's unironically... Dis- it's just distressing. Yeah. So. Can I just say, um, you're talking about horror movies. I've never actually seen, I don't think, a conventional horror movie before. Which you mean conventional? Is, I mean, the closest I think I can say would probably be fucking. What is it called? Grandparents? What? What is it? the visit? The visit oh, by M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, grandparents. I watched Rampage a couple nights ago. I would not call that a horror movie in the slightest. Did you guys like Monster Wait, House? Did you say Rampage with Dwayne yes. the Rock yes. Johnson? Have you seen? Have you That's seen what Get Ben out? said. Yes, Get Out. Would you call that a horror movie? Yeah, I think it's considered. Yes. I, I would say, movie. like, kind of like the lighthouse. It's more of a psychological thriller. I wouldn't really classify either of them as a horror movie. But if you do, I guess I don't really have well, a problem. Well, I think I think Fair that enough. for the sake of this discussion, we can consider psychological thrillers as horror movies because they are intense and scary. Okay. So yeah, Get Out was very good. I've only watched it the one time in theaters, but I've been looking for it. Like, I'm too lazy to torrent it, so I've been kind of looking for it on like a. Uh, well, back when Leave we were that. in the States, Leave when that. we, I say, me and my brother, I, I've been trying to uh, buy it on Blu-ray <laughs> DVD, but but uh, I haven't found it. I'm just kind of too lazy to uh, do anything else to watch it, but I do want to rewatch it. Um, it's $5 you know, at Target, so... about horror? want to talk about horror? I just burnt some garlic bread. That's <laughs> all. Jesus Christ. Um, um, us? Has anyone seen that? Yeah, I saw that. No. It, was, it was kind of a letdown. I need it, to watch it. It's okay. Coming off of Get Out, it's just like... It was fun the first time, and then you think about it, and you're like, it was Oh, bad. yeah, I, I just have no interest in rewatching. it. First, the I'm first not... critic review on it is, Us is a massive letdown. <laughs> what did I say? What did I say? Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's still... You should check it out, definitely. 
Yeah, but, I mean, it's not. Yeah, like, I'm curious to see personally what I think of it. I don't know. Yeah, when I, I watch a horror movie, I'm not trying to like necessarily criticize the story as much as much so as or like you know the the technical aspects of the movie. Oh. I'm just trying to see if you know if it if it actually gets the emotion of like horror. Not really. Like, That's what I didn't really. Yeah. I didn't really feel it too much in that movie. Like definitely, there are some parts, but they try to throw in the comedic aspect a little too much that yeah, it doesn't feel kind of balanced. So that's that's what the problem with uh, the visit. Um, and from yeah. what I've, it's actually a very interesting case with that movie. I personally didn't hate it as much as a lot of people did. It seems like relatively polarizing, honestly. But um, I don't know if you guys know this. It's pretty interesting. Evidently, they shot three different versions of the movie. Uh, one being very yeah one being very serious and you know like traditionally like scary um one being just almost a straight up comedy where it's like there are horror elements to the story but it's just funny and then they shot the version which was released which was like a strange mixture of the two which ends up coming off as indecisive in its tone and just kind of weird but i think that almost adds to how uncomfortable of it uh it is you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it was a good choice in terms of making the movie, but it kind of does contribute to like this odd atmosphere that the movie has. Uh, Cause it's definitely like, it's supposed to be a horror movie, but then like weird things happen. Like there's just some scenes that are, they're not even supposed to be funny, but just the way they're done is just like you laugh. And it's like, this isn't even supposed to be funny. It's just like kind of a scary scene. Like, uh, like not just funny. scene. Yeah, exactly. It's really interesting. Like, I, I think yeah. that was intentional by M. Night Shyamalan. I think he wanted to show something scary, but also just make it kind of like, there's like, you know, it's like the Uncanny Valley. Before you get from right. one to the other, there's some weird in between that's almost more uncomfortable. Um, I can agree with that for sure. They did a good job making it just gross. Just like, I don't like the feeling yeah, it's, I it's, get from it's watching. It's kind of a freaky movie. You yeah. ever watch The Happening? Uh, oh, yes. I really want yes, to. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny movie. That's a funny one. I watched it when Is I was it? young. It was just yeah. Kind of if you watch it now, though, you can. It's so offbeat, unintentionally. Is it actually funny? Because it's Matt. It's uh, Mark Wahlberg, and the the dialogue is so bad. Definitely, when you're younger, it's it's, it's actually a pretty creepy concept. But the execution, if you watch it now, it's kind of a good time. I felt pretty. It's okay. fun. So. I'll take your yeah. word for it, to be honest. Yeah. I just remember the trailers of the people killing themselves when I was younger. It was very disturbing. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It was like the guy that gets run over by the lawnmower and stuff. Oh, but yeah. If you watch it now... Yo, it, spoiler. Oh, unironic sorry, spoiler sorry. moment. <laughs> oh, also, man. there's the guy... I won't, You know what? I won't say anything. Just go watch it. Yeah, I, I actually know. I've always been a, a large fan of like horror movies, though. So, like Those were... The, the movies that excited me that I sought out the most when I was younger. I mean, that might just be, you know, because kids like seeing things that they're not supposed to or, like, that are scary, but I don't know. I've always been drawn to uh, being scared as a form of entertainment, haunted houses, things like that. Mm-hmm. Darren, do you remember in eighth grade when you came over to my house and told me about the uh, the crazies trailer that scared you because of the fucking oh. Mad World song? Well, yeah, no. So basically that that trailer and watching that movie when I was young freaked me out and it kind of ruined that song for me because I associated it with like this, like, you know, it's just like something scary and fucked right, up. Which is fair for sure. Yeah. Um, Unfortunate. Cause it's a good song. I mean, the song is kind of depressing. True. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. 
now it's taken um, on a new meaning. So that's that's a pretty good, pretty good cat on horror movies. I feel like yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So that was the last such in question. I only have one more question yet left, and it comes from James Kim. Who... Actually, I apologize, Nabil. Can we backtrack for one moment? Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> yeah, please. I, I uh, I'm very sorry. I. No, it's good. I completely forgot to mention the platform. I again because oh. I don't know if I'd consider it a horror movie, but like it definitely is. I'd, I'd say from like an outside point of view, once you watch it, I think you realize that it's a little bit more of a thriller. There's more things being done than just it being a horror movie, something that's consumed solely to freak you out or scare you. But uh, it definitely fits into the genre. It's and it's a solid, solid movie. It's definitely you know it has horror elements. Definitely a good thriller, um, and there's definitely a lot of interesting things that are discussed throughout the movie. Uh, and it's only an hour and a half, which might be encouraging to some people. And it's on Netflix, so yeah. And it's a foreign film, right? Yeah, it's um, it's a Spanish film, but there is a dub, uh, which, in case you're not aware, means you can watch it with <laughs> English voice acting going oh. over the film. But you can also watch it with uh, subtitles, which is what a sub is considered. What beloved dub dub? That's the way the news goes. Yeah, (laughs) but that's a really interesting concept. And it kind of ties into the next James Kim's question, which is one word, parasite. Uh, Oh, awesome. Parasite, you know, and it kind of, it ties into the platform in the sense that it's about the social, uh, social, clashing and it's a foreign film um so who has seen parasite i unfortunately not not. <laughs> i i it's on hulu so it's like it's there but yes okay. i'm going to watch it very soon along with the florida project so oh so I'm i in, have um, seen parasite okay ben is nick even in the call anymore yes he is <laughs> <laughs> that was unintelligible I understand. Uh, <laughs> poor um, I guess there's not really much to say about Parasite without spoiling it. Uh, what do you think, Ben? It's yeah, um, yeah, it's a very interesting film. Um, it's definitely one of my favorites of last year and one of my favorites of all time. Um, the themes in it are very relevant today, and I think it does a great job of subtly portraying class conflict and you know promoting that message of being aware um you know accepting other perspectives other than your own um i think it does that very well yeah and it also has we were mentioning talking about it earlier with a different film um but the way that the genre turns at a certain point in the movie uh kind of like a hard right but it almost it still encapsulates the previous energy and it's kind of hard to explain but really recommend everyone see it wait didn't you guys talk about this on the last podcast i just want to say real quick it's awesome that there's actually someone listening to them does that make you happy nabil yeah thanks justin thank you oh really i thought you guys talking about the people that asked the questions yeah i've been listening to all the ones i I gotta make a little confession i haven't finished the uh, uncut gems one because it's like three (laughs) hours long but i'm like i think there's about an hour left in it for me but yeah, any of the ones that I can actually watch without having to worry about pausing or skipping for the spoiler section or anything like that, I've definitely been watching. So I haven't seen the ones for the movies I haven't seen, but all the others, 
for sure. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, also, don't you don't have to finish that uncut gems one. I will. I, will. I want to be don't, able to don't, say don't, I have don't, don't, for my sake. <laughs> Manny, I, I got literally. Did you get to the point where Manny left to go get fries? Yes, of course. That part <laughs> is so funny. And Zoom is singing, and Ben left his fucking mic on, dude. That's just iconic. Yeah. Well, once once it comes back, Manny gets his fries, but. He's actually outside with his laptop sitting. Oh in no, a tree. I know. He started running from a sprinkler at some point. Yeah, that was scary. <laughs> so Manny oh, man. can go get fries, but if I cook garlic bread, all right, and the garlic no bread one said burns. Anything about you. I'm crazy, all right. Yeah, frankly, Ben. Frankly, Ben, no one cares about your garlic bread. Nowhere near as interesting as the fry you know storyline. You know what? No I one cares about your more garlic ben. bread. I cooked more garlic bread, and it was fucking great. All right, and I just Ben, it's not your it. birth anymore. Shut the fuck up. All right, Nick. <laughs> Thank you for your you? single contribution to the podcast, Nick. Yeah, no problem. Justin, now. Justin, wise men speak because they have something to say. <laughs> Fools, because they have to say something. That's All right, a, Nick, that's a like very <laughs> good uh, aphorism, Nick. Who the fuck just blew their nose? So, <laughs> did you just call me Nick? No. What? I said that was um, a wise aphorism. Okay, so can we please know, just move on to talking about The Rock? rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you have to say about The Rock? Yeah, Justin, the wisest man in this call, watched a rampage the other day. <laughs> okay. Willingly. Yeah, and guess what I watched last night? San Andreas. Guess what I'm watching yeah. tonight? Journey to Mysterious Island. Yes! Oh I've actually God. seen that one. Seen that one. Is it good? Those are all three the same director, which is why I'm watching them. They were good when I was younger, but at this point, I feel like The Rock is co- solely a joke. Here's yeah, the thing: you people, you people are doing to The Rock Whoa, what you, you talk people. about. What do you mean, you people? Ha! Huh? Yeah, make a Tropic Thunder joke. I fucking dare you. Okay. Here's what I'm <laughs> saying. What, Whoa, you guys are, oh, holy shit! What, what you guys are doing to The Rock is exactly what you scorn people for doing to Adam Sandler. Except The Rock Incorrect. hasn't made a good serious movie. I don't scorn them for doing it. I get exactly. why they do it. I personally don't agree with them, but I understand why they're doing it. I mean, it makes money in China, right? So that's something. Baywatch, Skyscraper, Central Intelligence. Baywatch? Okay, I haven't seen Central Intelligence, and I'm watching Skyscraper in three nights. But Rampage, Rampage, Baywatch, and San Andreas were pretty much the same movie, but it was still entertaining. I feel like it's just funny. It's easy to sit down and just fucking watch oh, it and waste it. shut the fuck up. Let me yeah, tell you something. What, right? what do you, you even think you have merit to say, Ben? Dwayne the what Rock do I Johnson. have merit to say? Dwayne no, the what Rock do you Johnson. think you have merit to say? Because the answer to the first question is nothing. Justin. Yes. The Rock needs to take his own advice and know his role because he was a much better wrestler than he ever will be as an actor. And I, I won't defend you enjoying his movies. You won't defend me enjoy. I don't need your defense. <laughs> Jesus. I don't ask for your defense either. I just. I'm going to saying- go further with Darian's analogy, and The Rock needs to shut his mouth. Yeah, right? we know what he's cooking. We know what okay, he's look, cooking. Look, and he needs look. to shut his fucking it's mouth shit. because it's Chinese making- money. He keeps making bullshit <laughs> yeah. films, and I'm Too sick fairy. and tired of it. All right, he's the highest paid actor. I don't give a fuck. All right. Fast and Furious. Fast when and Furious. Anyone? Good film. Okay, so a lot of things were just brought up. A lot of things were just brought up. Someone said Tooth Fairy. 
Someone else said fast and furious. No one said the game plan. I said the game plan is a good oh, movie. Sorry. I will say that. The game plan is a good movie. Scorpion King, Look, Hercules. Not geez. because of Look, The Rock. Rampage was massive. Rampage was exciting. And most importantly, Rampage is about the connection between Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his Gorilla George. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Holy shit. What? You know what, Justin? You actually just <laughs> changed my mind about the entire movie and The Rock. Exactly. That's a really good point, Justin. I'm gonna have to rewatch Rampage now. Oh, I mean, watch did you Rampage. Ever watch for it? Time now. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely so did not watch not. Rampage more times Look, than Parasite. I have I'm seen Skyscraper, and that was horrible. That felt like that felt like a <laughs> watching that one just a, seems like a stupid idea. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's just terrible. Die Hard, but worse. It feels like watching Chinese propaganda almost. It's it's insane really? how much China. I actually don't know what it's there. about. How does it relate to China? It takes place in China in this like new city they're building and they're like huh. I was about to do an accent, but thank god I didn't. They're like, Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna build the tallest <laughs> building in the world and it's gonna have multiple stories and there's gonna be a zoo on it and there's gonna be it's gonna have of- multiple stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that also reminds me of the of the Meg. That was also like a very Chinese Central yeah. central film. Yeah, I really don't want to like, watch the Meg. My brother says it's awesome, and he's also a huge Jason Statham, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a huge Statham fan, and I can't blame him. But I really just have no interest in watching it. It looks awful, I've and it has such an unappealing name. I heavily advise you against watching it. Yeah, don't watch it. I saw it. It's uh, right. well, look. <laughs> don't let me just say time, Justin. In my defense, I'm not here to recommend any of those rock movies. Or to say they're good movies. I just wanted to say it was it's interesting, an entertaining experience, and I thought it might Do be it. a good conversation topic. Do it. Oh, please well, well, talk about the fucking Star Wars trilogy, the first and the prequels, to be honest. And can or we, can we save that for too? I don't want to, frankly. <laughs> We're going to talk about Star Wars and new movies. That's a whole. I, mean, I did a whole. I did a whole episode on that, man. Yeah, but I don't want to talk about the new ones. I don't care about the okay. new ones, and I haven't seen the new newest one. I'm just lightsaber throw. Haha, funny. Great contribution as always. No problem anytime. Wait, what was that reference to exactly? Uh, Star Wars. They have lightsabers in that movie. Not right, but like, when do they throw the lightsaber? Uh, the fucking Luke. Uh, like. I don't know, number eight, when he fucking <laughs> throws the lightsaber over his fucking back. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, was that was good. That was good. That was good. I like that. that was good. What an epic scene, honestly. I really like what Disney's been doing. Can we talk about the physiological okay, well, and philosophical questions opened up in, I think it's the eighth installment, when Yoda proves that force projections can physically interact with real people? The force I mean, ghost. Talks to that. No, I know, but he yeah. literally hit Luke with his force ghost staff. His I mean, little cane. He hit Luke in the head with it. I mean, it's fucking Star Wars, man. What do you expect? <laughs> like, what do you, do you want there to be set rules for for, for Force Ghosts? Or? What I'm saying is if Force Ghosts can do that, Why? what is the point of even killing a Jedi if he could hypothetically just come back and still fight in a war? It probably Maybe requires only... a lot more energy and yeah. power to do that as a ghost, Justin. <laughs> really, I don't really know. If, That's what the entire fucking Ape Justin... movie is about. <laughs> yes, thank you, Ben. Actually, something that Ben and I agree on is this movie. Um, but, is it? Yeah. We're both, we're both yeah. staunch, The clock is right twice. I thought the eighth movie was about like going to a casino and like powerful woman like, pilot you. in charge fuck of the chip. That's oh, like fuck you. Powerful women. Remember Endgame? 
Yeah, remember that one scene? Ben, the, like, are you defending that movie? The Star Wars? That is 8, right? With Rose, maybe the worst character in cinematic I'm history? I'm absolutely defending The Last Jedi, yeah, you too. fuck. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Congratulations, it, are you proud of that fact? It's the second best Star Wars movie. I am what? proud of that, you motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 in my, it's in my top 5. Yeah, Disney has really created a unique, That's insanely entertaining universe in Star Wars. <laughs> no, Ryan Johnson created a great film, yeah. and no one fucking appreciated it for what it was, alright? And then they whine and whine and whine about, oh, we're not getting anything original. And they're handed something that's very fucking original, very well done, alright? That's an incorrect and subjective subjective statement. Ben, I think you're you failing to recognize. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're failing to recognize my true stance is that I just am not invested in Star Wars at this point at all. I don't know. I just. I know you aren't. I know. Star Trek, however. Everyone. I'm everyone, addressing Justin. Just okay. Disney has burnt out every fucking thing they own, and they're gonna continue to until they can't make any money off of it at all. And it makes me sick. It makes me sick. Mm-hmm. Frozen three. I, Who's I don't care. Three? I don't care who made the movie, and if, if they made the movie, great. Disney is despicable. True. I don't. I just don't understand why. Look, say what you will about. I. I, I don't know. I just don't think it's like a well-made movie. It just isn't entertaining to me. Yeah, that's just wrong. Um, okay. Okay, says Ben Casey. Opinion. How about that? What is that supposed to mean, Justin? What is that supposed what to mean? What if I. I think you can translate it, Ben. I don't know what everyone's points of view here are. I can't hear you for the news. And Zealand I don't really have lag, one person. Kiwi fuck. Huh? <laughs> is, there actually, is there actually lag? Be honest with me. <laughs> Not that much. Yeah, you should actually just get off the podcast, Justin. It's kind of horrible. <laughs> Clearly, we need to move on. And uh, why don't we talk about know, something else? Like, um, that's what I was gonna say, Manny. Is that we need to talk about something fun. Last time, we we talked about funny, funny, funny things that happened to you in a movie theater. Uh, does anyone have any funny movie theater stories? Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I was about <laughs> to mention this during the horror movie segment. And uh, actually, we can go back to that for a second. Such, and if you're still watching or watching at all, the new Halloween uh, might be worth checking out. I'm not really sure, though, because when I went to That's see it, I was unconscious the entire time. So, oh, yeah. It's a pretty funny I was there for that. story. Oh, you were? I don't remember, Nabil. I literally don't. <laughs> so, um, that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we need to go too much into yeah, detail. Yeah, I don't know how if we can, but between me and Ben Becker, I think we clogged three bathroom sinks in the mall and wasted however much money it costs to watch Halloween, which I heard was actually like pretty good, right? It was decent. It was, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed yeah. it a decent amount. Yeah, better than like most of the Halloween and other like. Recycled franchises that yeah, have no, been out recently. I I think interestingly enough, Halloween I'd say is one of the singular franchises that like has continuously actually kept itself interesting and nuanced in a good way to some degree. You know what I mean? Like the the Rob Zombie films at the time were like I don't know I don't know what the standard was at that point, but I remember watching them as a kid and they were fucking scary and they I think they were pretty good. I don't know. I mean. 
I'm not saying I, I definitely franchise, but I personally enjoy it, and I think they've kept it fresh. I love the originals. I think some of them are. I have great experiences with the originals. I watched. I remember as five years old watching the first Halloween movie completely alone, left in my house without a babysitter, and I decided to go to the fridge and grab a cold hot dog, and I I sat and watched that Halloween movie while eating a cold hot dog. It's one of my personal favorite movie experiences, and literally my first movie experience. So, yeah, I um, cold hot dog Halloween. I'm glad I'm glad other people ate cold hot dogs as a child. I thought that was just me. Well, you know, Darren, I'm here for you. I was I was five and didn't know how to use a microwave. Um, oh, I was, I, was, so. I was many different ages and just liked eating them cold. I mean, it was an <laughs> enjoyable experience. I'll be completely honest. I think part of the reason it stuck out was because it didn't taste bad. Yeah, well, I mean, they're pretty already- good. They're already cooked. It's like eating cold pizza. There's literally no difference. Oh, absolutely. Oh, cold pizza is cold so lasagna. good. Cold lasagna is fire. You've officially gone cold too far, pizza. buddy. Cold <laughs> mac and Speaking cheese. Speaking of lasagna, interesting. I'm cold lasagna. Cold mac and cheese today. Uh, at the store here in New Zealand, uh, they're running low on pasta. So the only dried pasta you can buy are spaghetti noodles and lasagna noodles. It's mm. inconvenient because I'm more of a penne guy. Ah, uh, you fuck. You fuck. Why do you hate me, you Ben? Fuck. I don't understand. Can I Dude, can I just say grapple with Can I just say a, a a good theater, a funny theater story. It's not a movie theater, but it is a theater that I watch something in. Fifth grade, Ben Casey had a Halloween party, right? I was invited <laughs> oh. back when he back when he liked me. I went to his house and his family does this thing apparently. I don't know if they still do or if they ever did before this, but that one year they made a compilation uh, master cut of their favorite scenes in horror movies. And I had never seen any horror movies before. I hadn't even seen anything close to a horror movie before. That actually kind of disturbed me that night. But I was, I was very, very uh, un, un, unacclimated to watching gory films. But he showed me on this... It was like his whole family and friends were like sitting in the living room. And I was on the floor watching this video. And it was like... The fucking all the death scenes from the Final Destination movies. There was how did we forget Final Destination in the discussion? True, uh, there was a bunch of other scenes. Entertaining horror movies. It's yeah. pretty funny True. to see them die. Honestly, that's that like was as a kid. I was like, that was my favorite part of the yeah. compilation because the rest was actually just like spooky. I was like getting frightened, but then the Final Destination, I was just like, holy shit! That lady was literally just impaled by a sailboat. That was kind of entertaining, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Final Destination is, like, a very interesting um, thing to study in terms of, like, morbid curiosity. Just the entire franchise capitalizes purely off of that. Yeah. And it, it somehow works. It still is entertaining. It is. There's, there's the one where they're, they're at the, the tanning salon. Ooh, that's pretty nasty. Yeah. Cool. Dude, uh, oh, I haven't seen that one. one. I watched Ooh. that one when I was a kid. And Ooh. the, you know, the, the disc version. So they were just naked. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> that was pretty well, What happened? It exclusively was... They just get oh, baked Justin. alive. Oof. Justin. Maybe it was left out of, the, out of the video you saw at my house. But, you know, <laughs> I, I've seen it before. And, you know, you watch uh, two women get in a dress. And go into tanning beds. And then they're fried alive inside of the tanning you know, it's, it's a yeah. little... Uh, essentially what happens is one of them leaves a condensating drink 
I think it might be a Slurpee or a soda from a gas station, you know, one of those big ass cups. Oh, and he it, remembers. He only remembered one thing from the scene. It condensates enough so to drip down into like an outlet or something, and it fries the electrical components that regulate the tanning bed temperature. And then also, I think just completely separately, a shelf falls that on top of the tanning beds so that they can't push themselves like out open through the thing. And the since the thing is fried, it just keeps getting hotter and hotter and they burn alive. Yeah, it sounds awful to have but happen to you, of course. They have boobs. They cool. do have boobs, though. Here's a question. You can get cancer from tanning beds, right? Do you still need yeah. to put on sun lotion? Uh, yeah, they, uh, my my uncle and my dad used to own a tanning salon, actually, and they sell, like, tanning lotion. That it sounds so bad for you. Like, during the bed and also get more tan. Yeah, no, it's not a good thing. It's not. <laughs> I think but the general it's... consensus is that tanning beds are not good for you. Fair mm. enough. Um, so, I don't know how we got there, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like Would it. you guys I like, like to hear a, a funny story that actually has to do with a movie theater? Yes. I don't know particularly how funny it is, but I think I was in second grade. My orthodontist gave out free movie tickets to all of his patients. Oh, okay. And this is back when I lived in Inglewood. So, like, the biggest theater we had near us was Frank's Theater. And yes. he was an orthodontist. Yeesh. He was an orthodontist in Inglewood. So that's, of course, where the tickets were for. And uh, there was different options for the kids. Um, there was Madagascar Two, which was just in theaters, and Ooh. for I think maybe I might be wrong. And of course, if there's any freaks out there that are absolute fanatics of the show and know that this is an incorrect statement somehow, please correct me in person. But I'm pretty sure the adult option was casino royale or maybe quantum solace i'm not sure to be honest i'm it pretty sure you yeah probably yeah casino. 2008 yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so i'm pretty sure that was the Wait, no, 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 no 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 casino royale is 2006 so it would have been quantum what oh. let's google okay yeah i'm looking it up right now quantum solace is 2008 so i think it was quantum solace um anyway that was showing yeah. and i of course, went to Madagascar 2, and the theater was so full, I had to sit on the floor to watch this movie. <laughs> Everybody, there was literally, like, dozens of people, like, crammed into this theater watching Madagascar 2, and it was so good. I remember loving it so much, and I still do. I think it's better than the first one, to be honest. And I haven't seen the third one, but oh. I think it was just so funny in theaters. I was, like, sitting there on the floor watching Madagascar 2 when Moto Moto, like, is coming out of the water and he like pushes the rock out of the oh, way and he steps dang. on those little dikers or whatever they are, antelopes or something. What? What did you just call them? Diker. <laughs> are you serious, Justin? Do you really just say that? Are you really that ignorant that you don't know the African <laughs> antelope species known as the diker? I guess it's probably a genus, isn't it? Because I think there's different ones. I think it's a bay diker ooh, that ooh, was ooh, portrayed ooh, in the movie. All right, Justin. All right, try again. Oh no, maybe it wasn't because those are kind of darker in color. Okay, um, clearly, you haven't been on the you haven't been on oh, the tram oh. ride at Lowry Park Zoo where they explain that diker <laughs> means diver in a uh, fucking Afrikaans or some shit. I don't know Dutch. It's Dutch. Oh yeah, it is Afrikaans. Yeah. Fucking got them. And because Afrikaans is based on Dutch, man, I'm maybe the smartest person on the planet. Check it out. I'll send the link to the chat. Nabil, you should yeah, link that in the podcast description. In New Zealand. Can you put Diker like natural sound effects in the background? That'd be like a nice touch. Nabil. Yeah, we'll have that going yeah. right now. 
Whoa, they sound so... Oh, my God. Majestic. Do they eat carrots? Wow. I don't know. It's really interesting. Wow, sounds. listen to that. I don't hear anything. I don't get what you're talking about. There's no sound. And the joke's over. <sighs> As usual, the fun spoiled. By, by Ben Casey. Mike Hunt. Um, Mike Hunt. <laughs> Movie theater yeah, stories, this one's not necessarily funny, but I think something pretty cool that I've only experienced once is... Uh, the new Godzilla, when that came out, I went to see it in the movie theaters. I don't know what you guys think about the movie. I personally enjoyed it. It was a good suspense built by them not showing Godzilla at all until the end. But anyways, um, I guess there were a lot of like big Godzilla fans there or something. And like when Godzilla finally wins the final fight, like literally the entire theater was like at a standing ovation cheering for Godzilla. It was fucking insane. Didn't feel real. That's actually insane. Is this the yeah, 2016 Godzilla like or the? Yeah. Then what? The 2001 one where? Hold on, there's a, there's a sequel to 1999. Fuck. No way, that's 2001. I'm pretty sure it's 99. I didn't see that one. Oh, it's 98. Okay. I saw but the yeah, one that no. came out last year. Darian saw one of his three. Justin, what do you think? What do you I, think, Justin? I didn't you see monsters. I'm talking about the sequel to the 2016 Godzilla. Godzilla King of Monsters. 2015, whatever. The I sequel didn't to that see it, one all right. is what I was referring to. He could have been talking about because he said he said the new Godzilla. Why am I yeah. to expect it's not the newest oh. one? 2014, actually. Because he said the new Godzilla. The new one. Which would mean the, all right. The, okay, it's, well, it's, the part, it's the part of the the universe that they're creating. Correct. Um, Godzilla King of Monsters is 2019. Okay. Um, I saw emoji. <laughs> Thanks for your opinion, Nabil. I I agree. Emoji movie? Did somebody say what? that? So I, I asked you what you thought. What? What you say from a call, please? Darren, what did you say? I was just asking you what you thought about the Godzilla movie, but um, clearly Justin and Ben can't help themselves. Um, so, funny story, Darren. I actually did not see the first one, but I saw the newest one that came out last year. Uh, I'm the reverse. I haven't seen the second. I heard it wasn't as good. I don't know if it was as good, but it was it was just like it was passing enough that I could watch it, you know. Um, but it's yeah, interesting I heard that the second making... one was best for like the fight scenes. Yes, exactly. But it's interesting that Seriously? they're making this this uh, universe with King Kong, the new King Kong movie. Did you I see that? that? Yeah, I saw that. It was. I liked that. I liked it. Skull Island. I watched Skull Island. I thought it was decent. Yeah. yeah. I feel like. Why uh, did you say it so hatefully, Ben? I mean, because it wasn't great by any means. It was decent. What were you saying? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I feel like a lot of movies are, or like a lot of fra- or like I don't, I don't want, I don't know how to put this, but like, there's people are seeing a lot of value in like making stuff into franchises, uh, just because of like what's been going on with Marvel. So like, you yeah, know. the extended universe type of thing cinematically. Yeah, exactly. be that whole, the whole monsterverse with the mummy movie was supposed was to be a thing. Say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's called the Dark Universe. Can we talk yeah. about Tom Cruise's scream in the Mummy trailer? I uh, don't remember, but I remember hearing it, about that. He repeats the same scream twice. Literally, the audio is copy and pasted twice in a row. Within like the time frame of like two seconds, they just play the same audio. And then he has this hilarious scream. Look, I don't even know. All right, well, we're going to play that right now. Okay, so that's the scream. Wow. It's pretty funny. It is actually very funny. Apparently that's what you hear when you get entered into the Scientology Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. 
Do we guys see Tom Cruise interview about that? I've seen him doing that weird, the weird praising shit for, for Hubbard. Like that really mm. weird video. I don't know. That's all I've seen. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's like the same one. one. There's one where he's like talking about what it means to be a Scientologist, and they yeah. just unironically, completely unironically play the Mission Impossible theme in the background just on loop for the entire interview. It's so bizarre. And it's just him talking about like, oh, being a Scientologist is very important because when I see somebody broke down on the side of the road and I pass, I know I'm the only one that can help them. So I have to help them. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty creepy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise. Anyone see the new Mission Impossible? No. It's no. pretty good. I enjoyed it. Is that it. Ghost it was, Protocol? Uh, um, yeah. It was actually really entertaining. It's nice to see an action movie that kind of stands on its own. And, Could you uh, put in the thumbnail for this this episode um, a picture of his middle tooth? You know what I'm talking about? He has a tooth that goes down the center of his face. What? What? Look it up. Tom yeah, that's kind of interesting. Middle tooth. Oh. Is that <laughs> real? <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't know. I guess his teeth are... I don't know. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> oh, that is kind of weird. Thanks, Manny. It's very bizarre. It's making me uncomfortable. Isn't it so strange? Yeah, it is. Do you know um, Nick Jonas has three front teeth? <laughs> What? It just came up as a recommended thing for Tom Cruise middle tooth. Holy shit. He has three front teeth. It's freakish. Oh my god. Holy shit, dude. That is so weird. <laughs> it's a good thing that I'm cutting the silence in this podcast. Good. As I do with all of them. Uh, oh, that is weird. Ooh. Okay. Um, anyway. So we were talking about funny stories. That's a good one, Darian. The Godzilla one. It's pretty freaky. Uh, I got a story. Awesome. It was so hype, dude. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I really added something. So I saw Emoji Movie in theaters because someone gave us a gift card. And I went to go see it in 3D. But the 3D wasn't working. And like it was all just parents on their phones. So I went to the person and I'm like, sir, the, the movie's playing and not working. And then they gave us free movies. Free movie tickets to see another movie. So, yeah. What movie did you see with them? I think I ended up seeing, like, Lego Batman or something like that, so... Not really an upgrade, but... Yeah. Oh, and Dan Smelser was there. That was funny. That is funny. If you hadn't said that, I don't know if I've ever would have thought about him ever again. <laughs> and and what's her name? The the crackhead... No, not the crackhead. That's mean. I'm sorry. Um, What's her name? Chloe? Out of res- I'm just not gonna comment on... I'm not gonna guess based on that description. <laughs> Zoe? <laughs> Chloe? Right. Okay, moving on. Anyways. Wow, that's really cool. Uh, okay, here's a question. What is your favorite movie quote? Probably, to, you know, to wrap things up. Start with Manny. Do or do not, there is no try. That was Anthony Angelostra's senior quote. <laughs> oh, Manny. Damn it! Damn it! Oh, that was thrilling. That was just great. Do or do not, there is no try. All right, anyway. Ben. Ben, La La Land. Go. It's not La La Land. It's from across the universe. Oh and my god. It's it's just a Beatles lyric and he's using it as a movie quote. <laughs> no, it is fucking not. <laughs> the quote is from the scene the where sun. they're at a dinner table. Alright, they're talking about, you know, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? And someone says, it's not what you do that defines who you are. It's who you are that defines what you do. 
I thought Batman said that. <laughs> no? In Batman it's Begins? Not what I do that defines me. <laughs> no, wait, what is this? No, wait. Actually, un- right. unironically, that's like... Alright, I'll leave the podcast. I'll fucking leave. Right. Well, you will you'll get your chance. It's Oh yeah, it's, it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Alright, anyway. That's a good one. I'm gonna choose that one Thank for me. You. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um. Anyway, Darian, what's your favorite movie quote? Uh, this might. This feels a bit like a cop out because it was my senior quote, also. But it's definitely probably at least my second favorite movie quote, if there is one that I uh, could think of that's above this. But uh, from Baby Driver, Deborah. Uh, sometimes all I want is to head west on twenty. In a car I can't afford, with a plan I don't have. Just me, my music, and the road. That's Damn. a great one. That's a really good. That quote, is a good yeah. one. Resonates good one. with me personally. Very, very on a on a very yeah. deep level. Sometimes I just want to go south on seventy five. In my own car. Oh, Sarasota shout out. Uh, so, I I don't really I don't know if I have a favorite movie quote. Uh, to be honest, I'm just gonna do the one that uh. You know, I thought of first, or I thought of, it came to the top of my head first, whatever. Okay, anyway. So, um, at, in like, in the Evangelion movie, because I'm a fucking weeaboo, uh, Misato says to Shinji, uh, she says, you hate yourself, don't you? That's why you hurt others. Deep down, you know you suffer more when you cause someone else pain than if you let yourself get hurt. But Shinji, that was your decision, so it makes it a valid choice. That's what you wanted. So, so that makes it worthwhile. Stop lying to yourself and realize that you do have options, and then accept the choices you've made. It's pretty insane. I think yeah. it's pretty cool. Book. It's good. It's like there's well, a lot of good quotes in Evangelion, mostly. There's, there's a lot of good quotes in Evangelion. Yeah. It seems like it would produce just a very good list. Yeah. Movie quotes are really special sometimes, you know? can really encapsulate the situations that we're in. I want to thank everybody here. Being part Do of I not get to share a movie quote? What the fuck? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm... No, sorry, let's not sorry. include Justin. It's late. It's, okay. it's late. Alright, go ahead. It's okay, I get it. I'll cut yeah, that I all get out. it too. It's okay, go ahead. No, don't cut it out. Let the fucking people know what you did. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Holy shit. Do you, do you want to know my quote? Yes, I would like to, see, to hear your quote. I want you to beg for my quote, Nabil. Say <laughs> my name. It's kind of a long one. Um, uh-huh. Once upon a time, in a kingdom far, far away, <laughs> the king and queen were blessed with a beautiful baby girl. Did a voice to the voice kingdom, everyone was happy. Until night fell. Then it was revealed that their daughter was cursed with a frightful enchantment. I took hold each... And every night, desperate, they sought the help of a fairy godmother. Just tangled, right? You want to finish my quote or not? They sought the help of a fairy godmother who had them lock the young princess away in a tower, there to await the kiss of the handsome Prince Charming. It was he who would chance the perilous journey through blistering cold, scorching desert, traveling for many days and nights, risking life and limb. To reach the dragon's keep, for he was the bravest and most handsome in all the land, and it was destiny that his kiss would break the dreaded curse. He alone would climb to the highest room of the tallest tower to enter the princess chambers, cross the room to her sleeping silhouette, draw back the gossamer curtains, and find what P- Princess Fiona. 
No, she's on her honeymoon. <laughs> honeymoon? With whom? And then Q actually play in the podcast, Accidentally in Love by Counting Crows. And then that's the outro music. I just fucking blew you guys away. I promise. That is a good outro. I think we should do that. It's very good. Uh, I'll consider it. If I may. On yeah. top of the Counting Crows right now. So as I'm sure you could guess, we actually cannot play Accidentally in Love by the Counting Crows due to copyright laws. And, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. I want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you all for joining. We had, I know we had our rough spots. I know there's some, uh, some some clashing views, but hey, that's what it's all about. Uh, I'm sorry for the quality drop-off in the last hour. Uh, it's, getting, it's getting late out here. I think we're all getting a little tired. Uh, but I really appreciate everybody everybody hopping on. Nice to, nice to do this, and a lot more to come in these weeks. A lot of time to fill. So who knows? Maybe in a few days we'll do another one. Uh, maybe that's what about tomorrow. I'm down. <laughs> Once a day. We'll do we'll do one a day. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you, Manny, thank you, Justin, thank you, Darren, thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Sam Raimi, for giving us the perfect Spider-Man movie. Uh, you've been listening to Filmatic. My name is Bill Sharif, and this is Accidentally in Love. Beautiful. Did it, did it.